are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with special guest Roy Fields. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. When I first met Roy, I met, I met Roy at the river in passing a few times early, uh, late 2000s, 2007, between 2010, we probably ran into each other a few times and yeah, <laughs> at the river, yeah. <laughs> I had the beautiful privilege of uh, when, when, when Roy was leading worship at the Lakeland Revival, which was so beautiful. The worship was so powerful. And I remember that uh, I got a phone call from a mutual friend, Nick Hosea, and he, uh, he asked if I could, would I be willing to play acoustic guitar? And I had no clue what I was even walking into. And then I, was, I, I recognized Roy, and little did I know that, you know, being a part of that was such an honor to me. And I'm just like, I was just a, a young, rebellious little kid at the river, going to Bible college at the river. I was even told not to go, and I still went. So I was like, I even I went, I went, and I would, I, and I, I was able to meet uh, Roy. And I, I just, I remember being a part of the meetings with being, having the privilege just standing behind Roy playing the acoustic guitar and just seeing, thir- was it 13,000 people in that? Uh, it was people just crying out. It was, it, was, it was the closest thing I could imagine to heaven, angelic harmony. It was so amazing. And I was just t- taking it all in. And the Lord was marking me way back then. And, and I just want to say this on to honor Roy, that through the years, Roy has like reached out to me and, and just with the things that how the Lord has just blessed his family with just the influence that they have in this hour, which is so important. He's just always been somebody that's willing to talk with me, willing to just shoot some encouragement, even with everything he's got going on. And I just want to say it's such a blessing to have him tonight. And his heart for revival and worship is, is second to none. And I really believe that what the Lord's doing in Gold Street Garden, when I got to talk with him earlier this year, I just really felt it on my heart. Like if, if you were willing to come, we would love to host you and let you share, pray for everybody, lay hands on everything, the moves, whatever you feel led to do. So we are so honored to have him. Everybody, let's give him the warmest welcome for being with us tonight. We're so honored to have you all. Bless you all. Can we give Jesus the biggest praise in this house tonight? Hallelujah! Come on, take 15 seconds and shout, hallelujah! And I want to start off tonight by saying this in the spiritual realm right now. No, not that, this. I want you to just lift your hands. Satan, this is war. We are here as the children of God to tear down every work of the enemy. I thank you, Father, for every person that's in this house tonight. They are not going to leave with some kind of quiet, watered-down gospel. But they are going to leave full of the fire of God. 
And I thank you, Lord Jesus, it's not just in the shouting, but I thank you, Jesus, that you didn't have a microphone, so you must have shouted when you said, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the meek. And Father, right now, together in unity in this place, we shout out every religious devil, every traditional powerless devil. I thank you, Father, for the hearts being open tonight and receptive. And I thank you for your fire burning out everything that tries to come against a child of God in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. That's my introduction. Woo! Oh, I forgot my mask. Some of you are definitely going to experience joy tonight. Some of you are going to get really mad at me, and that's okay. I'll take anything, as long as it's moving. How many want to be moved in your heart tonight? You know, people outside that are walking around right now, they're scared to death. Some of you in this room, you're scared to death. You're hallelujahing and shouting to you, but when you walk out, you're like, what's going to happen? I don't know. And I want to encourage you tonight, but I want to, if I can just inject you with Holy Ghost fire instead of a vaccine. I got one vaccine, it's called communion. When I take that cup of communion, the blood of Jesus, and I eat that bread of Christ, I don't need anything else in my body. That's just me. Now you might be seeing me go, why are you limping around? Well, because I have a healing ministry. <laughs> I do. We're called, we're going to kick you out, devil. And if I get hurt on the way, that's fine. Now, what happened yesterday, I was mowing my lawn on my zero-turn mower. And uh, I know, it's a rough life for us in 2020. And uh, anyway, I sprayed it down with water, and I was wearing my rubber Crocs. And I've worn my Crocs for so long, I have no tread underneath it. So it's just like a slip and slide, basically. <laughs> And I went to get off, I pulled it into the garage and I went to get off the tractor and one leg went that way and one leg went that way and I just went, that really hurts. <laughs> and so I've got a big bandage on my knee. So I want all you Holy Ghost evangelists and healing ministries, lay hands without laying hands while I'm speaking. You get what I'm saying? Just pray for me. Yeah, because maybe in the middle of the, in the sermon, it'll just, it'll just, I'll just bend. That'd be great. So don't focus on that, and I don't care if that messes with your faith or not, it doesn't mess with mine. In fact, after I got up off the floor, I walked around, I said, in Jesus' name, and I stomped my foot on the ground trying to make it hurt worse. I think that's why I'm in this condition at the moment. But anyway, uh, I wanna share a couple things with you tonight. First of all, I wanna say thank you so much for inviting us, Dominic, you and your wife, and right here at this church. This is amazing. Um, I remember uh, when I first met you, I know we met in passing, but I really got to know you in Lakeland when I got to turn around and he's playing this acoustic guitar and we had about 10,000 people a night and it was in the arena in Lakeland, uh, the Lakeland arena. And what some people don't, might not know about your pastor is he played that acoustic guitar, but he actually had something to add to the song in the presence of angels. That guitar part, I wish we could play just a little section of it. Do we have it? 
No, if we don't, it's okay. But it's, I, I, it's, it's like this. No, just kidding. Um, but he, he, played, he played this intricate part of this song that literally went around the world 11 years now. Millions of people, like in Brazil alone, it's like ridiculous, like seven, eight million, like crazy. And he's the reason because he was led by the Spirit to play this part. And Nick Katsia, the producer, said, do you like this? I said, do I like it? That's amazing. So we just led worship. And there were a couple nights, Dominic, in fact, maybe one of that particular night, that when I was leading worship one night, I realized that God uses people and he's not a respecter of anybody. Because it was literally like I was taken out of my body at one night and I was sitting up against, it's like I was taken out of my, here I am leading worship. There's millions watching by way of God TV and then there's thousands there. And I was having this, I don't have very many visions or dreams or anything, but I all of a sudden saw this thing come down. It was almost like the whole throne room just came on top of everybody's head. But I'm not like a seer. I can't see things. I've, sorry, I've never seen Jesus and I've never seen angel. But Jesus told me if I believe in him, blessed is he who has not seen and yet believes. I'd rather be shocked when I die than go, oh yeah, well, same thing for eternity. Okay, cool. How about you? I'd rather be shocked. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no has any mind conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him and is now revealing them to the sons of God. So anyways, one night, it was like my body was taken out of my body. I was, my spirit was taken out of my body and I was still leading worship. And all of a sudden it looked like I was a puppet. And here I am leading. People are just lost. And I'm like, and so I had the privilege to, I didn't limp out. I just kind of flew. But anyways, I, <laughs> it's like I came out and I sat up against the back wall, Dominic, and I was watching myself lead worship and it was hitting me that God uses us that way. But he only uses those who are yielded to him. And as I'm watching this, it probably lasted maybe 10 seconds, but it felt like the longest time in the world. And I was so overwhelmed because there was such an atmosphere of the glory of God. And I feel that actually right here now. I actually feel the presence of God. I'm not just saying that as suggestive, subliminal presence is here. I'm, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm telling you because we just cast out whatever's in here that's going to be in the way. And worship does that. Worship does that. And then I felt my body, my, my spirit went back into my body. And it was like, I went like this. And I was like, what just happened? What was that? I went back to lead worship. Oh yeah, I have a band and everybody's watching and everybody, okay, here we go. So that was an experience I had with you and uh, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. But thank you so much for having us here. My wife is here tonight. My daughter's here tonight. My Aunt Bev, would you guys stand? This is my family. Turn around, wave to them, say hello. We led worship one night and my daughter was singing with me and I was leading and David was beyond the drums. And this particular night, I'm letting you into my world a little bit, and then I'm going to get to the word, but um, I saw the anointing come on my son. And I, we had a very, it was a big moment that night, wasn't it? That was a real moment. You know, my son, he doesn't fall out for anybody. Why? Because we've been around to 42 countries all over the world in revival meetings everywhere, and he knows the fake from the real. That's why. He knows what mom and dad are like behind closed doors. We have bad days, we have good days. He knows when people are being real, who they're not being real. And this particular night, the anointing was all over my son. And I heard the Lord say, he now has the anointing that was on you. Wow. 
And I was just like, wow. And he came out of the booth and he came over and we hugged and everything and I started to prophesy to him. My son just collapsed in my arms and laid out on the ground for 15 minutes. You know, it's one thing, you have a desire to be in ministry, you have a desire to do things for God. It's another thing to be anointed to do it. And you have to be anointed to do it or you'll burn out, you'll never make it. And uh, I just saw that on him that night. The same with my daughter. Ever since she was a little girl, uh, we were in the UK together. We did an 18-city stretch right after Lakeland, actually. Supposed to be there for three nights, or no, I'm sorry, two weeks. Turned into eight, uh, two months, and we ended up going from five cities to 18 cities. Every, the moment we landed, two days later, everybody was asking us to come to their church. And they were packing out. When I say packing out, I mean, there were like 800 people standing in the room only two hours before the meeting started. It's unbelievable. We got all the document and everything. It's, it's awesome. It's inspiring. But um, my daughter was also anointed to do this. You know, we were going to let them do whatever they felt called to do. But that anointing has to pass on from this generation to the next. And, you know, you're talking about sowing seed tonight. Uh, this has nothing to do with money. This has to do with seeds that you have, children. You know, you're seeing, this isn't to pat myself on the back or Melanie on the back. You know, she homeschooled them their entire life. They wouldn't be able to be with us on the road unless she did homeschool. But it has to do with what do you do with the seed? You plant it, and you have to water it, and you have to give it sunlight, and you have to let it grow. And sometimes it grows up, you have to prune it. It's not an easy job. How many of your parents here? How many of your parents here? You need revival. How many of you have had teenagers before? You seriously need revival. I don't know how old Satan was, but my guess is 15. When he got kicked out of heaven. Out! Get out! Out! This leg hurts right now. He's, get out of here! <laughs> but the beautiful thing about it is, is it grows you just as much as it grows him. And you know, we're all children of God here. If you've, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. And he's always working on you, and he's never going to stop until you breathe your last breath. How many are grateful that God still works with us when he should have thrown us away a long time ago, and he didn't? And he's, he continues to water that seed and bring sunlight to it and change our lives. And, and I get, I have a, I've had this privilege now, you know, I'm turning 44 in November, to watch my two children uh, grow up. You know, my daughter's 20 now going to the River Bible School Institute there. My son has now graduated. He's finished up a couple last studies and stuff. And he's a drummer. He loves God. He works with a, a, a youth program that goes into churches and do youth skits and bring kids into the kingdom. And it's just awesome. It's just awesome. I love my life. I'm so blessed. And if that irritates you, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I don't care. I am so blessed. Somebody says, who do you think you are? You know what I tell them? I go, don't judge my harvest until you judge my seed. If you got no seed in the ground, don't expect anything to grow. Amen? This is not a financial message. This is not reverse psychology. But my daughter sang and and she's now become a worship leader and she sings back up and she plays piano, she's recorded. We got so many great things ahead of us that we're looking towards. And that's just been awesome that our family's done that because I came from a broken home. My parents were divorced when I was age two. 
My mom had a miscarriage, then she had me. After she got divorced to my father, she got pregnant again, lost a stillborn child, got remarried, married a godly man who loves the Lord that just celebrated 26 years right here in St. Petersburg. Pretty awesome. But those are some hopeless times for my mother and I. It, it's like we've just been time warped by standing here right now. You think about it. You go back to some of the worst times you've ever had. Must not have been true because you're here. How many remember your worst night? Hopeless worst night. I'm never going to get through this. This is it. I'm done. It's over. For those in the back, ah! <laughs> must not have been true. It must have been a flat out lie because you're here right now and you made it out. Come on, somebody shout amen. You made it out. And the Apostle Paul says, lay a, lay a hold of things ahead of you, not behind you. Forget the things behind. They're dead. God doesn't even live there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was, that means no more. He is, that means right now, and is going to be, means he's always going forward. Pastor Rodney, and Don, I think it was Donica, Pastor Donica said the greatest thing I ever heard said. She said, every day is today and eternity. Every day is today in eternity. Peter, the apostle Peter, you know what he said? He said, you know, a thousand years is one day to God. And one day is a thousand years to man. That's what he said. He said that in the word. He's letting us in on something the Holy Spirit let him in on. If that's true, Jesus was only here a couple days ago. It's been a hard 20 years, man. <laughs> Why don't you say what's really going on? I've lost my faith and I need to build it up again. Because that's what it really means. Jesus said many times, don't let the cares of this world weigh you down and pull down on you. Keep pressing forward. Keep moving ahead. Oh, Corona, Corona, Shimona. Who cares about Corona. Ooh, I felt a bend. I won't do that again. Not for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> so we have to continue to sow seed. Now, one of the things that happened to me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to figure out, like I'm, I'm praying all the time, like, Holy Spirit, where do you wanna go? What do you wanna do? I had no idea what I was gonna say. I didn't have a plan. So I was like, you should have a plan. Really? A lot of people have plans and they get nothing done. Then you get people that have no plans. They seem to be doing all the work. So that didn't feel very nice. This guy's a little arrogant. No, I'm not. I love Jesus just like I love every single person here. I'm not, I'm not appealing to you or pandering to you. I love every single person. I have nobody I hate. Oh, that's not true. I do have one, Satan. I hate him. Anybody here share the same feeling? I hate when he molests the soul. Gets inside of somebody's soul and clouds them up with condemnation and guilt and shame and fear and panic. And I just want to shout them out. Get out! 
We are children of the Most High God, and where we stand, we own in Jesus' name. I'll try this church over here. I'll be right back. Can I get an amen? Amen. Somebody says, you don't have to lift your voice. God's not deaf. Yeah, he's not nervous either. I didn't startle him. Some of you need to get a little louder in your prayers. I'll tell you something. In 1997 in November in upstate New York, in Vestal, New York, I was living with this girl, not my wife. I was 21 years old. I'd come to the end of my life. Worst night of my life. I've replaced that worst night with some other ones. (laughs) We've upgraded. But that particular night, I knew that I was backsliding and I wasn't living for the Lord and I couldn't take it anymore. I was living in the world. I didn't want to be in the church anymore because the church was like a joke to me. I I remember going into uh, um, a place where women would dance and I was about 19 and I looked in the back seat and there was an elder of a church sitting there. Now I'm a young teen looking at that going, you guys don't even believe in what you say. So it just threw me off and I'm like, whatever, you guys are full of it. But at 21, I knew what I was doing was really wrong. So I was like, something's not making sense here. And I just wanted to die. And I shouted at the top of my lungs. I said, God, if you don't come and take me out, and I wanted to die. If you don't kill me, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm in too much pain in my heart. I don't like the church anymore. And I don't even like people. I was an only child. I'm not trying to give you the sympathy. I was in a children's home for six months. (laughs) Year and a half, I was in a foster home. No, I'm sorry, reverse that. I was six months in a foster home. I was a year and a half in a children's home. I had asthma since I was two. I died at age eight. These are some of the stories that happened to me. My father grabbed my lifeless body up in the bathroom and ran down. He wasn't even a believer. He He was born Catholic, that's why I say that. Anyway, did I just offend most of the people that are here? I am so sorry. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If that offended you, get over it. (laughs) Jesus said some crazy stuff. He walked in and says, lest you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no part with me. And what happened? People went, that is the cult. I'm out. (laughs) How many agree Jesus said some crazy stuff? Hey, uh, Jesus, my dad is, uh, he's about to pass away, and I just would love to join your discipleship school, but just, can you just let me, it's my dad, it's my dad. Yeah, Jesus went, let the dead bury the dead. (laughs) That is not very nice. (laughs) You could have said it a little bit sweeter. Jesus said crazy stuff. One time, Jesus is talking to these people, and they come up and they go, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brother are here. He goes, my mothers and brothers are those that do the will of my father. These are my brothers and brothers. Did you just diss your mom? And your bro? Bruh. I don't think they said that back then, but anyway. Everybody say, Jesus Jesus. said some crazy stuff. stuff. But if it's the will of the Father, Father, I'll go crazy. crazy. 
Now, did you mean that? How many meant that? If you meant that, give a shout and say, I mean that. I'm not joking. All right. Well, then you signed up for a crazy night. <laughs> oh, we got one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. She's like, I'm out of here. It's got long hair. First Corinthians says no long hair. You got to read the end. It says it's not a shame. It's not a sin. It's a shame. It's a shame it's hot in here tonight. Aren't you glad you're not going to hell? They never preach on gluttony. I could wipe out a whole deacon board with this thing. Anyway. All right, get spiritual and back to where you're just relaxed now, okay? You guys need joy in your life, man. Listen to half of you. got hairballs coming out of you. You need that. You need the joy of the Lord. I mean, I'm serving God, and it's been the greatest experience of my life. You should come to our church. We experience things like joy, happiness, peace, faith, healing. They're the backbone of our congregation. You should get baptized tonight in lemon juice, prune juice, any juice we can find. Because most people are full of religion. I hate to say this, but revival can become a religion too. I never thought you could ever say that, but you could all of a sudden make a religion out of revival. You think just because you do the same thing over and over and over again that it's going to work. No, the Holy Spirit will change it up on you. Not this time. We all learned from Moses, didn't we? Speak to the rock, Moses. That's not the way we've done it for a generation, Lord. Speak to the rock, Moses. Ah! Boom! Water comes out. See, I told you. He goes, yeah, but you're not going in. No speaky, no walky. Everybody say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Whatever, you tell me, Whatever you tell me, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I, don't I don't care how crazy it may look. It may look. You, speak, you speak, I do. I do. Amen. Amen. You have to follow the Holy Spirit, what he tells you to do. He doesn't tell everybody to go into Disney. And take your mask off. And be approached by nine Chinese communistic police state staff. Sir, put your mask on now! Hey, Pacino. I'm bleeding from my ears right now. Are you asking me? Anyway, not everybody's called to that. I'm not justifying what happened to me. 
You have to follow the Holy Spirit, whatever he tells you to do. Not everybody is called to certain things. John the Baptist, guys. He's the son of Zechariah who's a priest in the temple. The priests in the temple wear nice outfits and go in and do really spiritual things. You know what I'm saying? And who's John the Baptist? Where's your son? Well, he's, he's uh, uh, we're actually, to be honest with you, we're a little ashamed of him. Uh, oh, numb nuts. He is, uh, so your son going to college, becoming a rabbi? No, no. He chose a higher calling. Did he? What did he choose? Um, he likes locusts. It's like a vegetarian kind of. Apparently, there's some form of zinc inside of a locust, or so. I don't know. He's in the sun a lot, you know. And uh, he wears camel hair. Um. We are ashamed of him, I'll be honest with you. Well, what's he doing out there? Well, he feels called. What's his message? Oh, you're going to love this. You ready? His message. He's got one word. You ready? You writing this down? Repent! Could you say that in my good ear? That's his one message? That's his one message. Yeah, people make fun of him but he was the one that led the Lamb of God to come in to take away the sins of the world. Don't make fun of some of these homeless people. They could be the next prophet and you're making fun of them just because they're out there going, I don't want to do it. They could be fighting off hordes of demons for that city. You don't know. You don't have a clue. You're like, oh my gosh, get a job, seriously. You don't know. Now, the chances are, you don't know. You don't know. But you do have to call, you, sorry, you do have to do what God's called you to do. And God has called all of us to bring the gospel to every creature. Well, I'm not really an evangelist. The first time that you came to Christ, if it was a real born-again experience, you became an instant evangelist because you told everybody, what happened to you? Amen. Your faith was this high? Somebody had a headache? You're like, don't worry about it. I'll pray for you. <laughs> Jesus. And the guy's like, my headache's gone. You're like, I know I'm saved. Dude, go do it to somebody else. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ten years later. Ten years later, dude, I got a headache. Take some Advil. What are you looking at me for? Look at my leg for goodness sakes, dude. Think about somebody else besides yourself. Now, I know that's funny, but that's what the church is starting to become. And you know what? When you don't let the Holy Spirit run inside of the house, the house will shut down. If you're embarrassed of the Holy Spirit and how he moves, he just shuts down. And he moves somewhere else to find somebody else that will let him move the way he wants to. Let's be honest. People have become ashamed of the Holy Spirit the last 10 years. Because they think it's goofy for somebody shaking on the floor. I was in the Brownsville Revival back in 1996. 
where 4 million people came to Christ and 400,000 gave their life to Christ and people that were on drugs and alcohol and their marriages were wrecked and playboy bunnies came and congressmen came and dignitaries came and got on their knees and wept and asked God to forgive them for their sins and glorious heart changes happened with people. There were two playboy bunnies. You know what that is? There's two women that would uh, uh, be nude in playboy or whatever. They came to the meetings and God got a hold of them and they started convulsing and it looked really awkward and weird and their blonde hairs everywhere and their bones were popping against the cement on the floor. And a lot of people would look at that and go, oh my gosh, it's so weird. But the pastor of that house walked up and says, hey, sweetheart, what happened to you? She goes, I don't know. Her mascara is all messed up. Both of them, their mascara is all messed up. And he goes, she goes, I don't know. She says, all I know is I feel like the devil has left me finally. And people want to make fun of people shaking on the ground. I pray that more shaking takes place in 2020 again. That God would shake the devil out of us. Hallelujah. It's almost like the spirit of Jezebel is coming in the church to take the voice of the leaders and the voice of those that have authority and walk in authority and take it away from them. But I'm telling you right now, in Jesus' name, 2020 is just the beginning. The enemy overplayed his hand. He shouldn't have gone so far. There is a flood coming back. And I'm telling you right now, it's gonna shake everybody. Everything is gonna be shaken in Jesus' name. Somebody says, Roy, are you angry? No, I'm excited. I'm happy. Of course I'm angry, but the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Haven't sinned yet. <laughs> yeah, but the Bible says, anyone thinks they haven't sinned, have already sinned. You are a religious devil. Sit down and shh. www.shh.com.au if you're in Australia. Listen, the church has lost their voice. Everybody's become quiet. Oh, that's just a bunch of hype. I can't hype anything up. I haven't already prayed down. Hyper grace. I get a little hyper when I think about the grace that God has on my life. And that doesn't mean go live the way you want to. You can do it all you want, but you're going to have to pay the piper if you do that. You make a doorway into your soul, the enemy's coming in. He's going to mess you up, especially Christians, because you've got a lukewarm life. You have to turn and repent. I look at it like this. When you first come to Christ, you are a sinner saved by grace. But once you've been born again, You've been baptized and sealed with the Holy Spirit. You become a saint saved from sin. It's not one or the other, it's both. What's that one scripture? It says, in the presence of the angels of God, they rejoice when one sinner, one sinner repents. But once you become a son, which is mean you know, Jesus is not just our savior, he's actually our brother. There's a song that sings, it says, you're my friend and you are my, even though you are my king. Why do people miss that? 
Do you realize that Jesus, the way he called his disciples, is he went and grabbed everybody that was a Jew, but he grabbed all different kinds of personalities, doubting Thomas, the lover John, Peter the zealot. <laughs> I, just think, I just think of, I think of Peter like that. He's like, when my mouth opens, something's coming out. <laughs> and God loves Peter. One moment he's like, Peter, what's everybody saying that I am? Well, they say you're a teacher, you're a prophet, you're Elijah returning. He goes, yeah, but what do you say? He goes, I say, you're the son of the living God. He goes, Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Isn't that powerful? Peter, Mr. Foot and Mouth Disease, got that revelation. And yet, it was like, it, the way it's written and read, it's just days later, maybe a week later, Jesus is like, I have to go into this place and they're gonna kill me. He's like, no, I'll stop it. He's like, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> hey, 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 Ron. All the young people understood what I just said. <laughs> hey, Balake. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway. All right. <laughs> what am I saying? Jesus, the way he picks his disciples is he went and sowed seed and he picked the ones that the Holy Spirit told him to pick. He already had the Holy Spirit because he was baptized and then he went directly into the wilderness for 40 days where Satan bombarded his flesh mind and tried to convince him, you're not the son of God. Nobody's gonna stick around for you. They're gonna reject you anyway. You ain't got nothing. Show me if you got something. Make a miracle. You wanna eat some bread? Make the stone into bread. Do something. Come on, Jesus. Mister, you're a child of God. You're the one who saved. You're gonna save everybody. Come on. And he pounded on Jesus for 40 days. You're nothing. You're condemned. You're this and that. And Jesus is like, no. He just spoke the word. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil's like, all right, I'll be back. I'll be talking again. He comes back around. Hey, why don't you throw yourself off this cliff? Everybody would see a miracle. You know what Jesus said in that moment that the devil never picked up on? Jesus revealed his identity, and the devil is so lost in his own mind, he didn't even hear what he said. Think about it. Cast yourself off this cliff. What did Jesus say? Do not tempt the Lord thy God. Excuse me, I thought you were just Jesus, the Son of God. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Who is Satan tempting? Jesus. Who's Jesus? He's a man. He's just a man, by the way. He came as a man. Somebody says, no, he, was he is divine. But here's the part that he, wa he, wasn't, he wasn't completely divine because of this. Listen to this. Don't, don't let me lose you. It's not heresy. It says he grew in stature with men and with God. Why does he have to grow in stature if he's so divine? He came as a man like you and I, and then he knew what he was called to do. He was the son of God to set a template for the rest of us that many would come into the kingdom. Come on, come on. I'm not saying come on because of this. I'm saying come on because are you getting that? You understand what I'm saying, okay? How does he choose his disciples? He goes and gets these people that 
They're run-of-the-mill people. They ain't got much going for them. All of them are disqualified for ministry because all the young boys, first of all, they, they, they learn the Torah by age 10 or 12. Middle East, they're in the rabbinical training and everything. Everybody has to learn the word. They meditate it. They eat it. They sleep it. They drink it. They walk it. And he goes and picks these guys that are run-of-the-mill, and they see this rabbi coming up. Somebody says, how do you know if he was a rabbi? My first clue was they called him rabbi. Is that scriptural? It is. He calls out the run of the litter people, the disqualified ones. He doesn't get the good ones. He gets the disqualified ones, which is the majority of young boys that wanted to be like their rabbi. And now, can you imagine? You've been disqualified. You're out there fishing. You're like, this is all I'll ever be, just catching fish, smelling like fish, selling fish, being taxed by the Roman government and by my own temple that I go to worship at. This is all I'll ever be. And Jesus shows up. Looks like everybody else. Doesn't look anything special. He wasn't attractive. People are like, Jesus is so beautiful. He wasn't. The Bible says he wasn't. The beauty is what he was and is and is to come. That's why Jesus is beautiful. I hate to tell you guys this, especially white people. Jesus is not white. He doesn't have blue hair, uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. Jesus doesn't have this perfect goat. He doesn't have all that. And I hate to tell black people this. He's not black. He was Jewish, okay? And Jewish had olive skin color. And it doesn't even matter because they said we once knew him by the flesh, but we know him that way no longer. So how do you know Jesus? By the Spirit. Paul says... It pleased the Father to separate, sorry, please, yeah, please the Father to separate me from my mother's womb. To what? Reveal Christ, where? In me. Everybody's looking for a statue or a stigmata or something, married to cry or something or some sign. Jesus said, no sign will be given to this wicked, perverse generation except this, that the Son of Man will go into the ground. Three days later, come back out, just like Jonah in the belly of the whale. You know Jesus by the Spirit because he shares himself with you. He reveals who he is to you. Somebody says, I saw Jesus. I'll be honest with you. I don't doubt that some people saw Jesus, and then I completely doubt some people that say they saw Jesus. Because if you look like Jesus, or sorry, if you, if you saw Jesus, why do you look like hell? Oh, he said Hell. Okay, H-E double hockey sticks. Hey, the Bible says test every spirit. So Jesus picked the run of the mill. These guys are disqualified. He's, he's about to throw some seed out to everybody and find out who's going to take. And he knew exactly the ones that would take. He even picked Judas, knowing full well that he's going to betray him. And he'd be held over to the man in perdition, right? So Jesus calls the disciples. Now watch this timeline. He calls you as a disciple, which means what? It's the, first, the root word of the word disciple is what? Say again? Not a word that's popular in 2020. <laughs> Who likes that? You don't know the father until he's disciplined you. No, I knew Jesus coming to his love. No, you knew him by when he came, that he loved you. But the moment he loved you, somebody says, he just accepts me just the way I am. Absolutely, but he never leaves you in that condition. 
Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I think he's preaching. Turn to your other neighbor and say, praise God he believes in breath spray. Some prophets don't. I got them all the time. Brother, I have a word for you. What do I do now? He called me out. And then he gets in my face, he's like, hallelujah. And I'm like this. And he tries to capitalize on my going out. Yes, that's the power of God. No, brother. Pop a tic-tac, please. I would love to hear what the Lord is speaking through you. I just don't want to be thinking about codfish when you're saying it. So I'm always prepared now. He's like, I got a word for you. I get it all the time, no matter where I go. That brother, right? It's always me. This is like 35 years, bro. That guy right there. No, not him, not her. Not him, 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 him. Come here, come here, young man. And they pull me out and boom, right? So I'm always prepared. I'm like. Bring it on. I am ready to receive. Come on, praise God for breath spray. This is not church. He's just telling a bunch of jokes. This should be serious. Really? One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. (laughs) I have it. You and Biden. Oh, sorry. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It slipped. I have political Tourette's. I am covered by HIPAA and ADA. Could you imagine if the fire of God got onto Trump? I have the best fire you've ever, ever seen. (laughs) Now, some of you, I can already tell, some of you are getting offended. You better check your heart. If you can't have fun in the presence of God, you got something wrong with you. I've had just about enough of the stiff-necked people. I'm done. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let me say it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. 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 If you dare call me Sam Kinison, I will rebuke you. I am not him. Unfortunately, that's one guy that gave up his birthright. I'm convinced of it. Don't you dare give up what God shed his blood for. You know what he shed his blood for too? Your joy. So that you would have life and life more abundantly. But we're in the middle of a pandemic. Job was in the middle of a pandemic, okay? House falls in, kills his family, except his wife. Was that strategic? (laughs) He lost everything. Don't worry. I left his wife. (laughs) All right, come back to what I was saying about the disciples. 
How did Jesus pick them? I want, you to sh- I want to show you tonight, and I'm going to get the scripture here. You said that 20 minutes ago, right? I know. <laughs> Jesus picked them as disciples. This is how every believer that comes in the kingdom should go back to their basic principles, and you'll watch everything that God will work out in your lifestyle, okay? Disciple means to what? He says, come unto me, all those who are heavy burden, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. What is he saying? The burdens that all these leaders at your former church right now have given you, or the synagogue at that time, they are burdening you. They are loading you up with all kinds of stuff. Come with me, I'll lighten your load. But then after he lightens the load, what happens? He starts to deal with their heart. And he starts cutting with his words. Oh, you have little faith. Yeah, he did say, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the meek. You know what we found out the word meek means? In the Greek, it actually means to basically, it has to do with cracking a whip on a horse to break him. That's meek. Because every single one of us was born with a dead spirit that was a part of this world. We were all sons and daughters of disobedience. And we needed a father. Yeah, but I was abused as a kid. I don't need anybody whipping me. No, you were abused as a kid because Satan wanted to do that to you to get you hardened in your heart so you wouldn't come to God. But then once the Lord loves you into it and you start reading the Bible, have you ever read the Bible like this? You have different emotions when you read the Bible, don't you? It's not always wonderful. But you know what you do? You go to all the wonderful scriptures and you never touch the other ones. You're not reading the full gospel. I want the full gospel, not the ones that just make me feel good. And you know what? This is what's causing a malnutrition in the body of Christ is we're only reading the good stuff, not the bad. Read some of the bad because the bad is meant to be dealt with. Thank you. It's meant to be dealt with in your heart. If he doesn't deal with it through his word, how else is he going to deal with you? He cuts and slices in places that no man can go. So disciple. Root word is? But he loves you. This is why he's come. But he's got to show you the right way. You don't know the way to the Father. Only Jesus knows. How did Jesus do it? Boy, that was a disciplined man. Prayed without ceasing. One time he's up on the hill praying. Comes down. They're sleeping. He wakes them up. Guys, they're going to kill me. Don't you even love me? Can't you discipline yourself a little bit to wake yourself up to pray on my behalf? Are you so self-centered that you're thinking about yourself instead of me because you're tired, because your body is tired? I'm going to die, and I'm only here for a short time. Why are you so selfish? Why? You know how many times that happens? That was a rhetorical question, but not really. How many times did that happen? That means you've been reading the Bible. Three. Came back. Again and again and again. Why? Because the flesh is weak. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Why am I here tonight? To give an injection into your soul. Your spirit, if you gave your life to Jesus, is exactly like Jesus himself. Perfect in every way. You know, I know we've gotten accustomed to, I'm feeding my spirit. It's impossible for you to feed your spirit. It means that your spirit is lacking something. So the Holy Spirit gave you a malnutrition spirit that you have to keep on feeding. No, you need to fill your soul. Jesus said, if a demon is cast out or the spirit of man goes out of a man, once he goes out, he comes back searching and if he finds the place empty, what is he talking about? He's talking about your soul, not your spirit. Jesus didn't give you a junior Holy Spirit. He gave you the Holy Spirit. 
And he gave you the spirit of his son. That's what it is in, inside of you. And so if you don't fill your soul up with the word of God, meditating and praying and singing and not being religious, but just having a relationship with him, the demons come back and they bring seven more. And if you have not filled that soul of yours with the word of God and worship and all the things that God has given us, such an amazing tools to keep ourselves going while we're here on earth, then the demons come back, create a stronghold, and now it's harder for you to get set free from that. How can you fight a battle when you got no ammunition? That's why all the church is locked down. Oh, it is. Nobody had any ammunition. I mean, some of the greatest, largest churches shut down and have still not opened up. And the world, you say that, but the world looks at us and says, do you believe in what you believe in? <laughs> Why do I listen to you? You don't even believe what you believe. And it takes somebody to stand up. I'm not trying to be a hero. Getting kicked out of Disney and being trespassed for life is not a hero. But you know who is my hero? Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. It took a South African, it took a South African to come teach America who she really is. Let me read something from here, because something you're going to need in these next days, and just like the Jewish people that Jesus picked, they had the word of God and they had the understanding of law and how things were in Roman law, and Roman law was terrible. They were crucifying people for no reason. You're not being crucified. You're not being killed yet. Oh, he's trying the fear tactic. Yes, I am. Is it working? <laughs> Jude chapter 1, verse 23 says, I have compassion, knowing the distinction. On some have compassion, on others use fear. Snatching them from the fire. They won't be stained from the human flesh. Amen. Let me read you something. Maybe you didn't know this. Article 4 of section 4. We are not a democracy. We are not a democracy. Period. You're like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. No, we are not. No, we are not. No, but I always thought, you're not reading. Read. This is why people are destitute in their heart with Jesus, because they don't read the Bible. They read all the Psalm scriptures. Oh, Lord, I come before you, and I enjoy just all this, and I dance around like a gamsel, and it's... Thou art with me. Your rod and staff, it comforts me. It's just so wonderful. But you never read Hebrews 10, 26, do you? For if we continue to sin willfully, there's no longer a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment that will devour the adversaries just as in the midst of Moses and the cloud. Of, uh, what? You don't read that stuff. I don't read that. It doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Well, that was for the Hebrews. Yeah. Hello? We've been grafted in. Grafted into what? You're now a Jew. You're now a Hebrew. He chose you. I don't want to do all that stuff. You better, because when you get in heaven, you're not going to know what you're doing. The earth is the and the fullness. All right, Article 4, 
Section four, listen to this, this is the United States now. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Thanks for having me, Dominic. It's been a great night. What form? A democratic form of government? No, 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 no. A Republican form of government. So we have a bunch of Americans that don't know the Constitution and don't know the Bible, and they don't know why they got shut down. I'm not trying to be a hero. How is this not just like when Jesus said, they're going to come in and take you down? He told them. He says, they're coming in. What happened? 70 AD, the Roman Empire rose up and took Jerusalem over. Not one stone was left on top of each other. You don't think we're there now? You don't think that applies to us right now? Of course it does. You start being ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. Roy, can we go back to that place where I was laughing just a moment ago? No. There's different things that God is trying to do in our lives. And he goes all over the place. And, and No, he just stayed. No, he doesn't. He goes all over. He deals with everybody where they're at. But there's one common way of doing things, and that is disciple. To make a disciple is not just somebody get, somebody get saved coming to your church. If you come into this church with Dominic as the pastor, you must allow him to disciple you and the other leadership to disciple you, which means you have to submit to some people's authority. <laughs> well, I'm American. That's part of your problem. The same way they're overreaching their power in government is the same way you refuse to submit to those that God's placed in your life. So you become rebellious and do your own thing and you create a bunch of Ishmaels. And then you're in a world of trouble and you can't get out and it's been years and you're just still trying to climb out and you can't get out. Why? Because you need the discipline of your father, your heavenly father. And boy, let me tell you, when he takes you to the woodshed and spanks your hiney. <laughs> Read Hebrews 12. It hurts for a momentary time, but it produces the fruit of righteousness. And not just righteousness, peaceable righteousness. Amen. So disciple, Jesus calls them his disciples. Then what does he do? He teaches them to be servants. You ever have somebody say this to you? You have a servant's heart, brother. Can I just tell you what that means? Get ready to stack some chairs. <laughs> Sister, you have a servant's heart. Get ready to serve in the nursery. You have a servant's heart. That's a normal baby, by the way. Normal baby. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I wish he'd get saved. This is great. I can't believe it. I'm full of the fire. 
I'll be honest, Darnie, you are full of the fire, but mine's better. Is this a comedy show or is this guy preaching? I don't know. Would you listen to John the Baptist if he was like, crunch, repent? <laughs> okay, everybody say disciple. disciple. Discipleship means to submit to Jesus who has come and loved you when nobody else did. And when you first get in, you have these ulterior motives that, oh, everything's going to be lovely and he's wonderful. He accepts me. It's going to be great. But when these gentlemen, these men that God picked walked with Jesus, they started freaking out. This dude's on the ocean and the place is going crazy. And he goes, peace be still. And Peter's like, go away from me. I'm an evil man. Dude, are you okay? Jesus picked you. Calm down. <laughs> I'm an evil man, Jesus. Go away from me. And Jesus is teaching Peter, you see how full of darkness you are? I mean, he, he feeds the 5,000. And they're astonished. And because of their astonishment, he ends up sending them out to the ocean where they go into a storm. In fact, it's almost written that way. He's actually upset that they're astonished at the miracle because that's how full of darkness they are. And now he puts them out into a major storm and now they're alone and they see Jesus walking on the water. And Peter's like, Jesus! You know, Thomas is like, I doubt this is gonna work out. <laughs> because your heart becomes hardened. Of course you can't believe for healing when all you do is watch Netflix. Of course you're full of sickness when you stuff yourself. Duh. Can I have a bacon cheeseburger? Let me have a large soft drink. Give me the large fries. And do you have that apple pie? Yes, ma'am, we do. Do you have a bag of insulin with that? Did you see that movie I watched last night? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was awesome. How many people got healed at, at that movie? What? Oh my God, you're so religious. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even joking. Seriously. We have been hoodwinked. The body of Christ has been hoodwinked. And we still are in the dispensation of grace. It's because we rejected the original way of coming into the kingdom. You've got to go back to the first works that you did. You've got to come back to your first love. Discipleship. Come back to where you started with God when he accepted you in the condition that you're in. Do you know nothing's changed even if you're in a terrible place right now? He still accepts you right where you're at, but he's not going to leave any condition. The only way you get out of that condition is by allowing him through his word and by the spirit to change you. But if all you do is come to meetings and you just say, amen, praise the Lord, amen, isn't that great? And you don't go back home and put it into your life and you don't meditate on the scriptures. I didn't say you have to walk around being a religious idiot or something. I'm talking about having a real relationship with Jesus, being real before a holy God and reading the word because the word is gonna help you through the things that you're going through now. You know why? You're gonna, I mean, I'm gonna prophesy for a second. I'm not a prophet. There are gonna be mass gatherings in the next few months. Mass, like you've never seen before, and I'll tell you why. Because that's how destitute 
the mass of people are that don't have the word of God. And when somebody has been doing that for many years and they have just hunkered down and they said, I'm riding through, I'm keeping a hold of Jesus on the way through, they start listening to people that kind of pop up. You watch. It's starting to happen now. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It really doesn't matter. Somebody says, oh, if Biden's in, it's over for us. It may be. But a lot of people have an escape mentality. How could you ever look at Stephen who was stoned and say, thank God I got off the earth because it was hard for me? How could you look him in the eye? Stephen, you understand it was just terrible. My rent was due. He's like, rent, what's that? My Escalade broke down. Some of you are going, what's an Escalade? Everybody knows what Escalade. How could you look Stephen in the eye? Discipleship. And then he teaches us to be servants. But then there comes a time when you walk with him. He says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Because I'm going to let you in on what the Father is doing because I know the Father and I'm the only way. Now here's something maybe you never considered before. It's not over. It's not just disciples, servants, friends. Watch this. John chapter 20, and I believe it's 25, maybe 24, somewhere in there. The day Jesus comes back from the dead and he's standing there, Mary doesn't recognize him because he appears to be like a gardener. Jesus hears her crying. And then he says her name. She heard him. She immediately saw him. Jesus. You know what he says in this one sentence? Most people have never seen this. I called, I called some theologians and friends of mine because I believe it was a revelation that I had gotten uh, a couple years ago, just spending time with the Lord. I saw this and I just about flipped out. I'm a really demonstrative person. I know you can't tell. I'm really introverted. I'm not introverted. I make introverts nervous, but anyway, it's okay. Everybody's different. Amen. Said the introvert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen to this. Listen to this, though. John chapter 20, when Jesus talks to Mary, listen to what she says. Go, and listen to this. Listen really close. Go to my brother's. Who? Another version says, go to my brethren. Hold up. Jesus never called them brothers. In the Middle East, that's a serious family term. And then he goes on top of that and capitalizes, says, go tell my brothers that my God is their God and my father is your father. How did we miss some of that? He called them his disciples. They yielded to him as the master. He taught them, listen, a king rules by serving. Because we're all looking out for ourselves. America's in trouble because we're all looking out for ourselves. Me, 
myself and I, me, 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 me. It's like a me monster. Me. Oh my gosh, guys, look outside. Everybody. This is the majority of everybody right now. Why don't you just have a song? Me, 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 me. Oh, look how many comments I got. Look how many likes I got. Oh my gosh, look at me. Me, 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 me. Sound like Beaker from the Muppets. Me, 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 me. Dude, get a selfie. I call this blue steel. If it's true, say amen. amen. If you're guilty, say amen. 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 <laughs> Disciples, servants, friends, family. You can't convince anybody that they're a son they're a child of God until they become a disciple. Impossible. It doesn't work that way. Even when the apostle Paul was touched by Jesus, 14 years of deprogramming of what his whole life meant. And by the way, does anybody find it extremely ironic that in 2020, we now have something in our right hand, most of us, filling our forehead. And this leads to all the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan is so blatant and so proud, he put a piece of fruit with a bite out of it. So he says, I have an android. So you're a robot. Congratulations. <laughs> And we run to this more than we run to God. Oh my gosh, I'm dying, I'm sick, what do I do? I don't know. Let me tell you something. I grew up with men of God out in the middle of the mountains that if you were sick, they grabbed a hold of that puffy old stomach and they grabbed it and they said in the name of Jesus and they squeezed physically, literally, not spiritually, metamorphically. What did I say? metaphorically they grabbed your puffy stomach and tumor and it dissolved in their hand and you were healed I got one prophet guy his name was Vaughn Gerald he passed away a few years back six foot six tall Englishman when this guy prophesied you knew God was speaking he had that big gigantic voice huge booming voice for yea, the Lord thy God would even say unto you this day, don't go forward, but take two steps back and begin to look at your life and begin to realize the decisions that you've made. And I tell you this day, if you will turn yourselves to God now, he will anoint you, says the Lord, for you've always been a black sheep, but God says, I'm raising you out of obscurity and you shall rise up and you shall do great things for God. And even as you walk forward, the enemy will tremble every place that you go because you carry the presence presence of God, says the Lord God. That's how they prophesied to me when I was a kid. 
I don't fit in 2020. Good. Because this man was in the middle of Africa with a bunch of Billy Graham wannabes. And they had to walk for hours. This is not a fake story. This is a real story, bona fide, true story. They walked for hours and they were thirsty. Their canteens had no water. They came up upon this 55-gallon, rusty, nasty, disgusting drum of water with foam in it. All the young Billy Graham wannabes said, I ain't drinking that, man. I want to use wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom can also mean you're trying to be a whiz, but you're really dumb. That six foot six Englishman says, it's blessed because I'm here. He took his canteen, he slammed it into the foam, nasty bugs, mosquitoes, rust, orange flakes coming off of the tin and everything. Give me a break. He puts it in there, he drinks it, his thirst is quenched. He's, thank you, I feel better now. This is a true story. They walked for more hours. Remember, all those other evangelists no faith whatsoever. Zero faith. Zero faith. Zero. They walked for hours back to the hotel where they boil the water. They all got their drinks. Every single one of those evangelists was sick the next morning because of the water that was in the hotel. I didn't grow around weak pansy Christians. You have to fight this fight of faith. Some of you need to rise up. Well, I'm just, I just don't want to really disrupt anybody because, because they're going to go to straight to hell because you didn't want to disrupt them. What are you saying, Roy? Are you trying to cause anarchy? We already had the riots and stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying stop believing what everybody else is saying and get back to the word. Rise up, for goodness sakes. Come on, you say amen. How many feel challenged tonight? How many are actually receiving this tonight, okay? I'm not trying to give you a hard time, but if it's working, I'll keep going. No, I'm not going to keep going, but here's the deal. Everybody say disciples. disciples. Servants. Servants. Friends. Friends. Here's the end game. Family. The Apostle John said, you have to be given the right to be called a son. But if, and Paul says, to just put that together, in Hebrews chapter 12, if you have not been trained, let's just look at that real quickly. I meant to read something completely different. Well, let's just come up here. Hebrews chapter 12. Am I okay for time? I know it's Tuesday. Some of you have been enjoying lockdown too long. Look at verse 5, Hebrews chapter 12. Paul says this. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. There's another word, it's disciplines. And scourges. Good Lord, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, you need it. We all need it. Yeah, but my father used to beat me then most likely God's gonna deal with you in a different way, but there's people that need to be spanked spiritually because they're causing other people to stumble. 
And I'll tell you something, God's a jealous God. You start causing people to stumble, he gets involved real quick. He promotes and he demotes very quickly. Now listen to this, verse seven. If you endure chastening or discipline, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all, everybody say all, all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. You ready for this? The King James, I'm in the new King James. The King James actually calls you a bastard. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. That's the word. He told Balaam, get off your, anyway. All right, verse eight. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, verse nine, we have had human fathers who corrected us, some did, some didn't. Some did a really bad job. Some did a great job. Some weren't even there at all to do a job. And we paid them respect. Some we didn't. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit. How much does God love us? Look at me for a second. How much does God love us that he literally comes down as a man and bows his knee, which I can't do at the moment. I think I can do it with this one, right? No, I can't. All right. He bows his knee underneath Peter. It's God in the flesh. God is showing us in Jesus who he really is. He says, I am almighty God, but let me tell you what my nature is. Let me lower myself below my own creation and show you love like you've never experienced it before, and I'm gonna wash your feet because that's how much I love you. I watched this movie one time. It's called Alita, Battle Angel. You ever seen it? How many seen it? Let me see your hands. How many seen Battle Angel Alita? Wow, I'm the only one in this entire church. There's a line in this movie, and I'm kind of giving it away, which doesn't matter in this place. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's she's, she's a, a former soldier, half robot, half human, who's coming to knowledge of who she was 300 years before she dropped down to this earth and on the earth there's all these humans that have been diced up and they're just like, they're like robots now. But there's a city above the earth that's literally being held by these long tubes and stuff and the people that are up there have better lives than the ones that are down here. And now she comes back to memory and she says, oh my gosh, I think I know who I am. I'm here to overcome evil. And she comes against one of these guys who's evil. It's just a human being who's being taken over by somebody above in the city that's controlling them like a slave so his eyes light up, right? And when his eyes light up, guess what happens? He does evil things. So one time she realizes what's going on and she figures it out and she says to the guy, why, do you, why, are you, why are you wanting to be down here to cause havoc with these people? And the host says this, and I want you to think about this line. He says, I'd rather rule on earth than serve in the city above. I said right there, I said nobody's getting into heaven that isn't a servant. And the world is trying to teach you how to rule. You never rule by pushing people down. You rule by pushing people up. 
If God lowered himself, how dare any of us raise ourselves? Somebody say amen. amen. So listen to this as I'm continuing to close. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit. He's teaching us how to be servants for our benefit and our sake. It's all about us learning to love one another as we love ourselves. This is real. This is not just, oh, I know that, brother. It's the golden rule. No, listen by the Spirit. Everybody pray this right now. Say, Jesus, give me ears to hear what the Spirit would say, not my flesh, in Jesus' name. He is doing it for our profit. He wants you to take on his nature. If all you think about is yourself 24 hours a day, you are not Christ-like at all. Do you know how many people have been snuffed out in the last six months because they built their lives on nothing but a house of cards and the planet shut down in one day? I would love to come back, by the way. I really would. I would love to help you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because I've done these big things and I don't even care. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to go where the Holy Spirit goes. When he asked me to come, I just, I heard the Holy Spirit, go. I didn't have to think about it. I have to pray about it. I have to get really before the Lord. No, go. Go. Yeah, but it's not that many people. Uh, There was 12 people, they rocked the world. 12. And they lost one. 11. That we may be, why is he doing it for our profit? That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Especially when your father applies the board of education to your seat of learning. See, some of you never had a spanking from your dad. I was one of those people. So I'm like, I'm going to do it myself. And then God gets a hold of me in my 30s and says, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> but you know, he uses people that are ready, willing, and able. So I mean, you know, haven't you ever looked at people and says, why is God using that guy? Why is God using that lady? I can tell you why. I can tell you why in a moment. She was the only one available. He was the only one available. Yeah, but he's so unbridled. He's so wild. (laughs) Can't he just tone it down? God's always in the business of using the most unlikely people to do the most extraordinary things. Is there any ordinary people like me in this place tonight? Is there any ordinary people in this quiet Presbyterian church tonight? All right, I'll try this church over here. Are there any ordinary people that want to do extraordinary things now?
Wow! No discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, listen to this. This is the payoff. After you've been disciplined by the Lord, that means you've been serving him for a long time. He has walked with you. He's talked with you. He's revealed himself to you. He has manifested himself in an intimate way where you feel his presence in your heart. Some of you haven't even danced with Jesus yet. I've danced with Jesus. I can tell you when. I danced with Jesus just this past summer. 7.30 in the morning, I was sleeping next to my wife. I had the music in my ears. It was an old Amy Grant song, actually. It's called Our Love. Very romantic song. And I get woke up at 7.30 in the morning, and I'm crying, and I don't know why. And I've been wrestling through a lot of things in my heart, childhood, things I've been through, ministry, hurt by ministers, hurt by leaders, all this stuff, going through it, processing it. Lord, help me in this area, help me in that area. And I wake up and I'm weeping and I hear this, come with me. And I have a gazebo out back of my house. It's on a pond. We've got tilapia and catfish and some papaya trees and orange trees. It's like a little Eden, to be honest with you. So I get up and I take my passion Bible. That's not not a real Bible. You can do what you want with that, all right? Whatever. (laughs) Read your unpassionate version then. I'm going with passion for the Lord. You ugly thing. Anyway, so I get up, I take my passion Bible. I've never read Song of Songs all the way through, ever in my life. I hate to admit that. You're a minister, you've never read Song of Songs? You've never read Your Navel's Like a Rounded Goblet? That there's something that looked like gazelles? No, I never read all the way through Song of Songs. And I'm a man, thank you. Don't let the long hair fool you. So I go out 7.30 in the morning, which is a move of God. True story. Ready? true. All right. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Oh, dear. This is true story, though. I walk out there, and I open up Song of Songs, and I start reading. It's 730. I'm all by myself. I'm a very demonstrative person. I'm a very movie-like person in the sense of I could just build an atmosphere kind of thing. And it's like there's a fog over the back of the woods and it's over the water and the temperature's perfect. And I'm standing there in my shorts and skibbies. And I've got this passion Bible. Somebody says, thank you for the visual, Roy. I didn't need that. (laughs) Not sure I can unsee that right now, but thanks. Now, here's a true story. I'm not trying to make light of this. I danced with Jesus because in the first passage... I literally felt the deepest, holiest emotions I've ever felt in my entire life. It was this year. It was on the back of my porch there on that gazebo over the water. And I read the whole entire book. It's not that long anyway. But it took two hours. And I literally, I had to put it down and weep and cry and just lost myself. I was so in an intimate place with the Lord. I'm sorry I think in movies, because this is part of my life, okay? How many remember the movie Cocoon back in the 1980s, 1990s, okay? Do you remember, and don't think of it in a bad way, but do you remember this, how these 
whatever beings came down and they shared themselves with a, with a human. It was like their spirit came out and it just kind of like stood up here and then it went and hit the guy and he's just like overwhelmed. That's what it was like for me. I'm on the back porch like a crazy man. I'm sure my neighbor's like, oh my gosh, Roy's at it again. Because sometimes I bow down in my front yard in front of the fountain. I'm just like, I feel like Daniel. I do, I feel like Daniel. I'm like, this is crazy, but I don't care. <laughs> right? You get overwhelmed. I start speaking in different tongues. Shake it, I'm up, go up, my day, baka. I mean, can you imagine people watching me in my front yard across the way? I'm shakaraba, cold shotarabam, breban, terabando, besikieteraban. And now I'm limping. Oh, yeah, that's great. My God is holy. But I danced with Jesus, man. I didn't see him. I knew him. I knew him. I knew him. He revealed himself to me, and I had his word, Dominic. He revealed himself to me. You've traveled as much as I have, and you've been in different environments, and you know, I've been all over the world. Been to Scotland, been to, you name it. I've just been everywhere, Australia, Israel, Denmark, Sweden. Just tell them I'm busy. <laughs> Let's finish this up. You know, you, know, you know what I would say about that? Really? Do you know what I would say about what happened to me? I never felt so loved in all of my life. And I got two kids, a wife. I love my wife. But th this love, and my wife would say the same with her life with Jesus. There's no love like just you and Jesus. And there's a lot of people in this world, they have no clue what that is. He said it tonight. If you haven't experienced God, you haven't found him yet. It's true. God's an experience. Well, he's, he's the word. You know... That's right, he's the word, but you don't have to be a jerk. <laughs> There's nothing about some people that I would ever wanna be around and they know the word better than anybody else because all they have is the word and they got no spirit whatsoever. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people got lots of spirit and they got no word and the first storm comes along, takes them out. How does it go? If all you have is the word, you're going to grow. What is it? You're going to dry up. If all you have is the spirit, you're going to flake out. But if you have the word and the spirit, you're going to grow up. When the church doors open, you're going to show up. When the tithe comes around and the offering, the chance and the opportunity to give, you're going to pay up. And when this horn is blown, you're going to go up. Come on, somebody shout or something. The 
steak and shake open because we need to stop. <laughs> Disciples. Discipleship. What's the end game? What's the end game? What's the end game? You know what? I don't care about all your encounters if you haven't been discipled. I don't care how big your ministry has grown if you're not a servant. And who cares who you know, the who's who in the zoo, <laughs> and it is a zoo sometimes, let me tell you. Oh, you're so amazing, I just love you, just, I have such respect for you. He touched me. He touched my shoulder. And then five months later, you're like, I wish I never met him. I should have kept him in that place where I thought he was cool. And then you learn, oh, I've got flaws too. So who cares? Who cares if you build all your ministry, save the whole world, lose your own soul? Who cares if you grow into a massive church and lose touch after a while? You have to be discipled, which discipleship means to become servant-hearted. So it's not about you. Think about Joseph. Joseph had dreams about himself. <laughs> hey guys, I got this great dream. I want to tell you about it. You guys were bowing down. It's weird. It was to me. What do you think about that? What are you guys doing, man? What the heck? I'm just telling you my dream. Oh, how Joseph's dream changed from about himself to the things of the kingdom. And Joseph learned to lay down his own hatred and revenge because God had a whole plan set up. God had a whole plan set up that he never saw down the road to actually help the very ones that threw him into captivity. That's the end game. Family. I know I've gone over my time. I try not to. Are we okay? Are we seriously? I want to make sure I'm okay. I don't want to put you on the spot. Do I have a little bit of liberty here? Okay. How many appreciate your pastors? I do. I'm really proud of you. I'm seriously proud of you, dude. See, I never knew, you never know who's behind you. This dude was behind me on an acoustic guitar. Very quiet just doing what he was asked to do and added his own flavor. And I, I had no idea he was a pastor. I didn't know there was a pastor growing inside of there. I had no idea. And I was around a lot of people. I didn't even have time to really get around as much. And I watch you on Facebook and I go, look at this guy, Mel. This guy's pastoring a church.
And that's the seed multiplying. And you keep watering that seed. You keep doing something with it. You know, use what you have in your hands. Use who you are. God doesn't kill your personality. He's going to use it. He just starts to wield it and wean it and form it into his perfect will for your life. And next thing you know, red alert, red alert. He uses you and says, now's the time. Do what you've been called to do. Go, go, go. Let's go. And you're like, all that preparation was for this moment? Yes. It was. You two, stand out here. Related? Yeah, I kind of figure, but I always have to ask that question. Because if I say married, she's like, no. But you are. Hold hands, lift your hands to heaven, close your eyes. Get out of your head right now. Get out of your head. Now! Jesus, Jesus, right now. See, God wants the heart. He doesn't want the head. The world is filling up the heads of everybody to get them out of their heart. That's why they desensitize you with everything. Your radio programming, your television program, your movies, it's all made to desensitize you. Video games cause immense angst in young men. They're getting them all juiced up and jacked up so when they have anarchy, they'll all run to the fight. Oh, wow, the majority of all Antifa are kids that were actually playing video games for most of their life. And the video games changed. It used to be you go from level to level to level and then you're game over. But now all the games just keep going. There's no end. So you're just wandering through streets endlessly, staying up with your eyes like this. And the photons are shooting back to the back of your cornea, keeping you awake where you can't sleep. It activates your neutrons in your brain so you can't sleep. So then you pop some melatonin. Melatonin starts messing with your melatonin and the serotonin inside of your body. Now you're just a messed up kid. Then you think about doing things that you would never do if you were in your right mind. That's why you need the word of God inside of you. I have no problem lifting up my voice and shouting at some people. Stop playing games. Get the word of God inside of you. Stop messing with this life. There are people right now that have never reached their calling in their life because you haven't reached yours. Gosh, I thought this guy was just going to come and sing some songs. (laughs) He can't even button his second button. Didn't he say earlier about gluttony? I'm not fat. I'm pregnant with the word. (laughs) God loves all of me, and I'm a whale of a blessing. Let's move on. God is after your heart. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. And I don't want anybody going to your religious status. The restrooms are out that door to the right and left. Would you close your eyes for a second? I want you to drop out of your head and into your heart. See, in the last days, many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. Jesus prophesied this 2,000 years ago. It was happening during the invasion of the Roman army coming into Jerusalem. 
It's happening again right here in America. People have been hurt and wounded so badly, you drop into your head instead of your heart because the heart is too difficult to deal with. Some of you don't even have any emotions. You decided to shut your emotions down. Some of you have too many emotions. You only live by your emotions. The only thing you can live by is the Word of God. The Word of God never changes. I want you to put your hands on your belly for a moment. I want you to lay back in your seats and stop being so stiff. I'm serious. Stop being so stiff. Lay back in your seat as if you're in your own recliner. Not that far. I didn't say kick your feet up. There's a guy in front of you. No, no, no. I am not Rodney Howard Brown. I'm the new generation. (laughs) So put your hands on your belly. Get out of your head. Stop thinking about everything else but the Lord. Put your eyes on Jesus. Maybe your concept of God needs to change tonight. A lot of you have built up a concept of God that's not true. He's not like that. He loves you, man. You think he's mad at you? He ain't mad at you. He's mad at sin. He dealt with sin through Jesus. He's mad at the sin that keeps on pulling you away from him. That's the fire of God right now. Dear lady, yes, you, please step out in the aisle. Quickly, quickly, please, yes, you. The power of God's all over you. Just stand there. Lift your hands. Yield to the Lord. Don't yield to me. Yield to the Lord. Close your eyes. I'm not even going to touch you. Holy Spirit, I thank you from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Now, in Jesus' name. You've been yelled at most of your life. You have been swore at. You have been wronged. And tonight, I hear the Lord say, that is broken off of you now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive that. I actually, yeah. Take it, take it, take it right now, in Jesus' name. And you're forgiven. Now, for all of you really quiet people, because you know that's the way the Lord moves, complete silence. People forget that he was out in the middle of Jerusalem preaching, doing the Beatitudes. You're telling me in the middle of the Beatitudes, he's like, blessed are the pure in heart. And right about then a camel goes, oh, us Americans are so crazy. Excuse me, Mr. Camel, you're ruining my tape series. This is going to mess up the recording. Now, lean back in your seats. Put your hands on your belly. Get out of your head. Stop being in charge. Yield and submit to the authority at the moment. Some of you so stuck in your head. 
you have got to drop down into that spirit. You're a walking meat sack. You know what carnal means? It comes from the word concarne. You're a meathead. And he put his spirit inside of all of our meatheads. So get out of your head, drop into your spirit. Say this after me. Say, I am a carrier of the presence of God. Everywhere I go, Father, I know that you go with me. I know that whatever I'm going to say will be what I hear you say. I will do whatever you want me to. Now, how many of you speak in tongues? Let me see your hands. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Paul says we are led away by our own desires which cause us to sin. So people blame Satan and they don't realize it's actually them that's listening to him and then he gets power from you to do those things that are wrong that separate you from God. You're not separated from God, it just separates you from God. God's not separating himself from you. He's attached himself to man forever. But you are in charge. You can turn on the faucet and allow God to flow through you and deal with all those negative emotions and things that are coming in your life, or you can shut the tap off and not let them flow. It's up to you. So again, with your hands lifted, how many of you speak in tongues and have a heavenly language? All right, put your, tongue, put your hands back on your belly, and I want you to speak in tongues. Go. Come on, some of you aren't even trying. That's how dead you are. Come on. Okay, stop. See, you stopped. Who turned that off? I just told you to stop. That doesn't mean you have to stop. Now close your eyes. A lot of you are looking around. You're not even doing what I'm asking you to. And you want to receive from the Lord. (laughs) This brother's just doing his hypnotist thing or whatever, whatever. Get out of your head and into your spirit. Close your eyes. The same way you spoke in tongues, say this after me. Ha ha. There's a hairball. Try one of these. Ho, ho. Are you really that depressed? What do you got to lose? All right, try, try a hee-hee. For the ladies, try shishi. I mean, what, it doesn't, that actually means thank you in Chinese. Come on, just tell the Lord in Chinese, shishi ni. That means thank you very much. Some of you are still in your head. 
Get out of your head, brother. Seriously, get out of your head. You've been holding on way too tight. You haven't laughed in a long time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. No? Some of you are that convinced? Okay. <laughs> he gives me living water and I thirst no more. He gives me living water and I thirst no more. I haven't had living water any time before, so forgive me if I don't enter in. I'm always stuck in my head all day long. I can't go anywhere all day long. I think I'm in charge and I know how to be. I'm sorry. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Somewhere down in my heart. Down in my heart, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, not convinced yet, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Am I in tune? I'm so happy, so very happy. People are getting offended because somebody's getting happy. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. <laughs> sit on attack, sit on attack. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack to stay. Lift your hands, bro, to the Lord, man. And I'm so happy. You're not going to make me fall, Roy. Fire! Right now. I'm so happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my He pushed him. <laughs> Jesus, right now. <sighs> Received by the Spirit, not by your head. Come here, brother. Come here, brother. Why, why did you guys take your hands off your belly? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Fire right now. I release that anointing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. <sighs> Received by the Spirit. Mm, nice six pack. I've got a keg. Somebody said I look like Thor. I said, yeah, end game. <laughs> Come here, Dominic. Come on, bro. This meeting's out of whack. This meeting's lit. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Dominic. I pray for a supernatural increase and acceleration like he has never witnessed before. Father, I thank you for those that really put their nose to the fire. And I thank you for that anointing. 
And Lord, I just thank you that everybody's getting really serious now and quiet and very religious-like and stiff because this is a real somber moment. Because we want our pastor to continue in being somber and still and quiet. But I thank you there's a fire raging on the inside of Dominic. I thank you that I've come to stir the pot in Jesus' name. Fire it right now in Jesus' name. Come here, Mrs. Butler. I should have had you stand together, but that's okay. Father, Melanie, come, just real quick. Father, I thank you for a fresh wind of the Spirit tonight, in Jesus' name. (sighs) Right now, we just release that. Let it go from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Father. Come here, dear lady. Come here, come here, come here. That's the anointing. Come stand over here. Stand over here, yeah. (laughs) More joy, more joy. I have a daughter named Joy. I just stand around her when I feel down. And it feels like Joy will follow me all the days of my life. Can't get rid of her. I send her to RBI. She comes racing back home on the weekend. Daddy! Daddy, 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 daddy. And that's for you. And you know what I hear the Lord saying? I am your daddy. Who's your daddy? That's what I hear the Lord saying to her. Who's your daddy? The next time the enemy comes, you tell him the word. You say this. You say, who can pluck you from my father's hand? Who's your daddy? There's a guy in India, he'd be like, who is your daddy? (laughs) Woo! Come here, brother, with the polo shirt on, the the blue polo. Just step out in the aisle right now. I don't even need music. Who needs music? Let's get the whole place in an atmosphere. For what? Just right there, right there, right there. He already feels it in the belly. No, I'm good. I don't need anything. Oh, you pushed him again, Roy. Yeah, we can see that. I can see that. I want you to leave tonight knowing the Lord says you're forgiven. I don't know what that means. And that you need to forgive. As you've been forgiven, forgive. The Lord's handling a situation right now, and it's with a male. I I know that seems really generic, but I actually see that there's a situation that you're dealing with right at this present moment, and God says, my hand is on that. I'm dealing with him. Leave it in my hands. Don't try to do it yourself, says the Lord. And you'll have more peace than you've ever had before. I I promise you. In Jesus' name. Come here, brother. Come on, district attorney. You know the guy who stood in for bar before he became? Just lift your hands. How does the Holy Spirit do that? He's awesome. I love you, Holy Spirit. I'm wearing my red sneakers. Limping around, praying for people. Well, some of you lost the joy. It's gone now. What are we going to do? I'm not a DJ. That lady in the far back with the blonde hair, black shirt, I think it is, just stand out in the aisle. Just lift your hands as you do. The power of God go on top of you from the bottom of your feet up to the top of your head. Now, in Jesus' name, fire right now. This lady right here, this lady right here, right here, 
with the black, long black shirt. Ma'am, please, please come quickly. The Lord's going to touch you in a very powerful way tonight. And, and I, I, I hear the word healing in your body. And uh, just lift your hands. Just yield to the Lord. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. Melanie, sweetie, come here. Quickly, come, please. Just lay your hands right on her heart. And I, I believe it's the heart that's been the issue. Is that true? It's been the heart? I rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. Go! Right now. Go in Jesus' name. Fire a God through you. Burn it out. I'm going to need you people to put your hands back on your belly. You've gone right back to the flesh. Like, okay, that laughing business is over now. For some. Where's that mic? Some of you are going to go back home and be like, that dude was limping around, pushing people over. Hashtag, get a job. What's going on with you down here, girl? Can you turn this microphone up for me? Because people need what you have right now. I don't know you. That's great. If you could just give me more of that. See, the problem is people in their soul, not in their spirit, but in their soul, they're empty. You're empty. We got to fill it. He says, do not be drunk with wine as in an excess, but be therefore continually filled with the spirit. How can you be filled with the spirit if you're feeding your spirit? You have to feed your soul. Your spirit's in perfect condition. You have the same spirit that Christ was given. But your mind is at war with you, so it's constantly fighting. Even right now, some of you are going, okay, that's enough. And I got plans, you know. Yeah, well, I drove two hours. Big deal. I got plans, too, to get you drunk in the spirit. So that when you go out of here, you don't think about Roy Fields. You think about your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, and Jesus, the one that gave his life for you. Some of you still in your head. <sighs> Jesus. This lady right here. Come here. Come here. Stand right there. Can I get an usher? I wish I was an usher. I could help you ush. Hush. Okay, lift your hands. Don't go all serious. You were just laughing a second ago. What happened? See, that's the problem. You're programmed to get serious. Okay, now this is the serious part. I got to pray. How about that? There's a prayer. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You're going. You're going. Why would you push her up? Like, why? No, I don't want to go into this. This is the problem. People have to let go. They, let, they hold on. You, you stay in your head the rest of your life. That's where you'll be. Come here, brother, voice of truth. You. Yeah, come here. Yeah, he's like, you just got me out of it. No, you're on it. 
You're in it. There ain't no high. <laughs> I love you. Just receive tonight. Just forget about everything. <sighs> receive. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when Jesus appeared before the disciples, listen to me, he breathed on them. Do you know what I find really interesting? You know how I know for a fact that Jesus is God in the flesh? When God first created man, he breathed into them. But when Jesus came back from the dead, he breathed into man again. And that was the final breath, the Holy Spirit. And then they waited for the Holy Spirit to come within them. It says he breathed on them. Whatever breath came out of Jesus went into those men. And they rocked the whole world and have still been rocking the world for 2,000 years. That's why, that's why everybody watching the debates, we're just watching two human beings talk and we're trying to vote, we can't even vote for something. You're almost like, oh my gosh. You know, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, please stop. He started it first. <laughs> Come here, sir. Come here with your Jesus Conference shirt. Come here. Why does Jesus look white? Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Just receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Come here, brother. Come on. Come on, Bazooka Joe. Let's go. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. As you do, the fire of God go upon you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sue, come. I'm going to pray for you. Melanie, come pray with me. Sue needs healing in her body. Tonight's their night. There was no music playing when Jesus laid hands on people. There was no great feeling in the atmosphere. Actually, it says when people got healed, the fear, the fear of God fell on the audience watching. I just release that anointing right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Receive in Jesus' name. Every bone in your body renewed in Jesus' name. Every oppositional voice that speaks to you, I cancel it in Jesus' name. I come against suicide. I come against disgusting, nasty disease that tries to come and take you out. And I release that anointing upon you right now. I bind every demon that's tried to come and torment you. And I speak life into your body. I thank you, Father, for Sue. The top of her head to the soles of her feet. Satan, you have no more authority. You cannot come in and wreck anymore in Jesus' name. We put a stake in the ground. And thank you, Lord, that we haven't lost our joy in the midst of praying for people. If the Holy Spirit would be given an opportunity to move, he would do it. But you have to yield. This lady right here in the black shirt, you, ma'am, just stand right out here in the aisle. Lift your hands, close your eyes, open your heart out of your head. Fire right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. I know your heart's been hurt. I know. I know you've not been able to trust many, but trust the Holy Spirit. 
receive that right now. The Bible says he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's tough. Refresh. Refresh her, Lord. Refresh her. Refresh. 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 I don't know about you. I'm getting tired of going to meetings. All we do is sit and just go, amen, 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 amen. Some people are going, he's working the room. He's working. Of course I'm working the room. Holy Spirit's at work. Was Noah working the people when he was building a boat? He's working the people. He's working the people. There's a flood coming. Nobody's listening. 50 years later, hey, Noah, you done with the ark yet? (laughs) Year 100? I think Noah's telling the truth. Can we get in? No. I didn't shut the door. (laughs) Come here, dear lady. Come on out here. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Just lift your hands. Close your eyes. Out of your head, into your heart. Melanie, this lady. Don't look at her. Just put your eyes on Jesus, man. Eyes on Jesus. Out of your head. Listen, all the wounds that you've received, Jesus says, give those to me. Give them to me. Stop trying to make yourself better. Rest in Jesus. Now, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the silence. How can that guy pray for me? He's limping. Let's pray for Cheetah. Come here, dear lady. Come on, Cheetah. This is going to sound really strange. I'm sure people watching are like, this guy's a cracked nut. I, this, is, this is no joke. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, what's up? I know it sounds strange. I've done weirder stuff, I promise. That was like moderate. Come on, Red. Come on, Red. <laughs> Lift your hands, close your eyes. Receive that right now from the Spirit. Now, in Jesus' name. You, green, come. Is it green? It is. Green means go. The Lord says you've been at the stop sign, it's time to go. It's time to go. You've been waiting for a word like that for a long time, Lord. Should I go or not? Oh my gosh, I'm wearing this shirt that's green. I don't even know this lady. What's going on? He doesn't know me. Green, go, 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 in Jesus' name. If you're wanting to know what I'm doing, I'm looking what I got to work with tonight because sometimes you have to look at people. Some people don't believe. Some people do. Some people aren't sure. Some people are trying to figure out a cool way how to get out of here. You've been in the restroom three times.
Sometimes that's the only contribution people make to the church. It's true. Come on, you have an awesome, awesome church here where you, there's allowed to be a move of the Spirit. Come on, lay back in your, lay back in your chairs. Guys, I haven't even worked you on an offering. Because that's not why I'm here. If you went to any of our revival meetings in the last 15 years that we've traveled to 42 countries, the offering's taken up at 11.30 at night, sometimes 12 midnight. Why? Because we value the presence more than we do the money. The money always has come in at the end. Or it's not come in there, it's coming somewhere else. It doesn't matter. If you value the presence, you will have value. If you value him, you'll have value. Some of you need to be on this floor. You've been rocked to the core. You have been rocked to the core. Your life has been come to a complete stop and you don't know which way to turn. This is the perfect opportunity to actually walk out what you have claimed to believe for all these decades. And people are looking to you and if they see fear and worry on you, how are you going to convince them to believe in Jesus? It's not charisma. You, sir, come out here. Come on. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Just lift your hands, Judah Smith. Close your eyes. Here we go. Jesus, right now. <sighs> From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Now, here's what you just did. You were in your head, and you said, why did he grab me like that? That was pretty, that was pretty aggressive because I want you to get out of your head and I want you to drop down in the most guarded place in your life. Father, I thank you. He's going to let go. Sometimes it feels like you're letting go, but really you're holding tight. It's not about falling, it's about receiving. Jesus breathed on the disciples. He actually physically breathed. The same breath that God breathed into Adam, he breathed into me, he breathed into you. And I breathe the anointing that I carry right now into you to heal every single area of your life. This is not a plan. I don't have it worked out. I don't know how to work the room. I'm not that charismatic. I'm not that much of charisma. It is the spirit within me that gives me life. And what I have, I give to you in Jesus' name. Just receive. There it is. There it is. Go with that. Why would you fight against that? Why would you? Did you not? That's the wind of God. Dude, when you let go, it's going to rock your world. You're going to see colors brighter than you've ever seen before. Forget 5K and 8K, dude. Jesus. There it is. You're almost ready. He's almost there. Receive that. Receive that. It's not to make a fool out of anybody. But your generation's been taught that a lot of people are working things. Praise God for the workers of miracles. The people that God healed, praise God, they prayed for me. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that killed the room. Okay, tell me, what does go mean to you? 
What does go mean to you? Just real, in a brief word. Nation. <laughs> Nations. Nations. Yeah. Was the, has that been on your heart? Yeah. I don't know if I should say everything I'm thinking in the microphone. Probably but. not. <laughs> it's kind of personal, but. <laughs> no, no, no. Just tell me, yeah. the, tell me the highlight of when I said go. What did that mean to you? Because I, I heard that by the Spirit. It's not just a shirt and everything. It's, I heard it by the Spirit. So what does go mean to you? You said nations. Well, sh- should I really say ever? Should I, you, you want me to tell you? <laughs> no. Can you do it I'll briefly? Say, I don't know. Okay. Well, I, my husband's in Africa now, and he wants me to s- come. <laughs> <laughs> What could that possibly mean? I'm going to need another word of confirm here. I just... But I have kids. And they can't go. You said, Lord, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or... And the word of the Lord is go, go, go. What does the kids can't go have anything to do with you and your kids going to Africa? Seriously, what does that have to do with anything? I got a South African group of friends of mine right now, a whole family that got to America during the pandemic and nobody knows how. They jumped on a cargo. Are you saying they're here illegally? Maybe. <laughs> That's the word. It's go. You got your answer. Don't fight with the answer. No, no, no. Oh, go. <laughs> How many feel lighter in your soul right now? That's what it's for. The spirit fills you back up. Some of you needed this. Why are your meetings so long? Because you're in them. It's how long it takes some people to get out of their head and into their heart. Can I hand this to you, somebody? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> go. Everybody at the end of the night, come up to your sister, give her a hug, and go, bless you. Go. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. It doesn't matter what man says or your mind says. If the Lord tells you to do it, do it. Let me share this last story. It's very short. I promise. I promise. I was in Brazil in 2016. They flew me first class. I had no idea that they played my song all over the entire country for seven years on a major national network. I had no idea. When I got there, the stadium with 40,000 people, when I got out of the van, everybody had heard the song. They started pulling on my hair. I got videos showing it. I had to have like 16 guards around me just to protect me. I had no idea, so it was really weird to me. I'm in Brazil. There's more people in Brazil than there are in America, from what I understand. Or there's, well, something like that. Okay, it's nothing like that. But here's the point. 
There's a lot of people. So I get out of the van and they're all grabbing me and, oh, Loy feel, holy, holy, Loy feel, holy, the Lord, holy, right? I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I do the meeting. They give us this huge honorarium, which is ridiculous, but it was such a big event and Pastor Benny Hinn was there and yada, yada, yada. So I come back home. We had been on the road. We left our home in 2005, got rid of everything. Literally got rid of our home, got, got out of our home, gave everything away, just a few personal items, put them into a storage unit. And we took our two children, my wife and I, just by ourselves into a little tiny car and drove up and down the East Coast of America telling people that revival was coming. That was 2005 to 2008. Some churches we went to, they, they get upset with me because I come across in my personality as too abrasive or it's whatever they think it is. They think I'm not, that I'm being a clown or whatever. I'm being who God called me to be. And they said, you think you can bring revival in this city? Is that what you think? You think, oh, you think you can? I go, with all due respect, isn't it true every disciple that entered into a city either had a revival or a riot, yes or no? It's not about me. It's about the move of God. And if somebody stands up, we'll have one. I'm so tired of the excuses. I've just seen too much. I've seen the Lord use too much. And next thing you know, we find ourselves in 2008 in Lakeland, Florida, on the world stage. Everybody's watching. Overnight, I sold like 45,000 records in a month and a half without a record company at $20 a piece. Donation. At the end of the revival, we had a quarter million dollars in our bank account, $250,000 in our bank account from all the hard work for those four and a half months. People buying CDs, shirts, and all that. So, oh, you marketed on the... Oh, take that out the door, dude. How are we supposed to support ourselves on the road with two kids? Love offering? Really? Lots of love. Not much offering. Because people are stingy. They want God to bless them, but they have nothing to give. How can you be a blessing to somebody if you have nothing to give? Sitting in New Zealand one time, I was eating this lamb with the pastor. We're minding our own business, talking about something completely different, and the Lord pops in and chimes in. I hear the Holy Spirit, and here's what I heard. Do you know why I want to teach you the poor, why I want you to teach the poor to give? I mean, I was, I was not in that realm of thinking. I was totally like mint jelly, roasted lamb, New Zealand. <laughs> and the Lord just chimes in and says, do you know why I want you to teach the poor to give? Remember the woman with two mites? She gave more than any of the other guys that had a bunch. I said, why, Lord? He says, because if you teach the poor to give, they won't be poor anymore. People are afraid. They have a fear of man. I get it all the time. I get it really bad now. I get it really bad now. You're in this for the money. Have I mentioned anything that has to do with our offering tonight at all? Zero. Why? It's the way I am. It's not just specially tonight, and it's not some kind of thing. He's worked it out. He does it at the end so that it works out really. No, it's by the Spirit. I literally came up with nothing planned tonight. Zero. I actually have, I, I take that back. I had some scriptures read out, uh, wrote out, and I didn't use any of them. Because I got up and the Lord said this. I went, okay, here we go. Jump in the vein, here we go. And it takes time. 
you know, I'm trying to be sensitive to time and stuff, but here's the deal. If you had cancer, you would change your whole lifestyle to get rid of that cancer. You'd pray differently. You'd walk differently. You'd stay up longer. You would, you would start reading your Bible. Why? Because you're in a panic state of mind and you're freaking out because you don't know what to do and you got a death sentence over your head. Why can't people live like that every day with people are going to hell and this is not a game and let's get involved with the things of the spirit they're going and if it's so death then so be it kind of attitude. Let's go after God no matter what it costs me. I don't care what I look like. I don't care how much persecution comes. I don't know how, how much they want to write about me. It doesn't matter. Keep going. Go! So I come back from Brazil. I've been to all these countries. They give me a huge honorarium. And after all these years we lived on the road with our kids, we finally had a home. And it was a really nice home in a gated community. 4,000 square foot house, five bedroom, four bathroom, pond out back, alligator, but had a fence. Amenities, a pool, a gym where I could work out. Where I never worked out. <laughs> I worked out a few times. Two beautiful children, beautiful wife. For the first time in years, we got to celebrate Christmas in 2012 in our own home after never having our own home for all those years. Like our own home, not running, like. I say not running, but not being in somebody else's with all these different rules and stuff and being on the pastors of floors, uh, of pastors' houses on the floor, but actually have our own place. And my whole family sat around that living room with no furniture. We held hands and we cried so hard because people don't understand. We gave up our Christmases, our birthdays. We gave up all kinds of holidays and everything so we could go minister to complete strangers so some of those people could mock us and yell at us and be mad and manifest, but then the others were healed, delivered, set free, and marriages came back together, and drug addicts got off of drugs, and alcoholics stopped being alcoholic, and people came to the Lord, and their children returned to their homes, and the leaders got fired up to keep on going to preach the gospel. And I'm standing in my house, and I feel so blessed. This is 2016, I feel so blessed I feel so honored. I feel so overwhelmed by God. And this thing came out of my heart. Humble me, Lord. I guarantee you I did not pray that. I'm not joking. I did not pray that. Do you know who prayed that? The Spirit. I kid you not. The Spirit took over my body and said, humble me. The next week, a small six and a half inch snake showed up on my back porch. A physical snake, not by the spirit, a physical snake. It was red and white, kind of a pygmy color. It was the most aggressive snake I've ever encountered in my life. It literally went up like a cobra and it went like this at me. And I said, and I didn't think nothing of it except you're, you're an odd little snake. Boy, you got a lot of guff coming at me like that, and I went and got a Rubbermaid uh, little container, and I captured it, put it in there, and that sucker kept going, pss, 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 so much, it knocked its head against the Rubbermaid and knocked itself out. That's how aggressive it was. And I just, I didn't think anything in the spirit, and the problem is I should have been, and I wasn't. I was just looking at a natural snake, didn't think anything of it. I didn't realize a parable was unfolding in front of my eyes for what was about to happen in America. And I said, that's so odd. 
I said, well, my belief is any snake is good as dead. I love snakes, as long as they're dead. Then we need snakes. They eat up all the flies. Well, you keep yours. I'm going to kill mine. (laughs) I took it on the front street. Truck ran it over. Didn't think anything of it. A week later, I have a dream. In the dream, my back porch fills up with gigantic anacondas and pythons and darkest snakes I've ever seen in my life. And I was scared in my dream, which was was not normal. I've never had scary dreams since I was a little boy. I said, what's going on? And Trump comes on, starts running for president. And I feel, how many felt in the atmosphere, and you kind of feel it now, but you feel it lifted now tonight, but you felt in the atmosphere like there's this dark kind of presence around America and the world at the moment. How many felt that? I felt that since 2014. Because I'm a man of the Spirit. You don't lead worship, go on the front lines and kill all of, of the devil's works that he's done and bring people into a higher place and he doesn't come right at you. I'm not trying to be the, the, the guy, but I'm telling you, he came at me. And I had never wrestled before like this in the spirit, ever, 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 never. I wrestled for years. People have no idea. My wife had to pray me in the middle of the night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. It was like Satan was at my bedside going, you know what? When Jesus comes, he's leaving you. You've done this and this and this and this. And this is not code for I've done something, so I'm just saying the secret. No, no, no. I live pretty holy life. This had to do with all the stuff in my heart that was starting to come to the surface. I had opened a door somewhere in my life, something, pride, arrogance, whatever it was. Lord, humble me, right? So I had opened a doorway, and in came the snake. See, it's interesting that in Genesis, you have a little serpent that slithers in, but by revelation, it's a dragon. Why? Because you fed it. You should have killed the sucker. You should have killed that sucker. He said, sucker. (laughs) The enemy has no power except what you give him. He doesn't have some special angelic power. He's not. In fact, the enemy is a lie. He was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. He's the father of lies. He's just a lie. The snake is a lie that we fed until it turned into a dragon. And so like day and night, week after week, month after month, I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, those of you watching me by way of television, uh, television, yeah, right. (laughs) That's so like 1990s, man. (laughs) I speak to my TV, it comes on. I'm saying this because I really felt in the spirit what was starting to happen. And I had a dream two years ago I didn't share this with anybody. I was in Southampton, England with my son. We went on a cruise ship. We went to seven countries. We did a ministry cruise. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Anyway, we did a ministry cruise, and we came back from the cruise. I had a heart, it felt like I had a heart attack as I went on the cruise ship. Nobody knew this. Nobody knew this. My wife and, and my son. And I had to go into the hospital of the ship. That's how I started the cruise out, was in the hospital, laying on a gurney with EKG and everything. I thought I was having a heart attack. I came off the cruise, went to sleep. In the middle of the night, I have a dream. In the dream, this is 2018, I did not get on Facebook. I'm a prophet. Listen to me because I'm going to be able to take claim for what I called out. I wish those guys would shut up. I kid you not. I wish they'd just be quiet, some of them. The other ones keep talking, but you know what? Shush. 
I can see right through you. You just want to be known for the guy that brought this and did this and said this and this is the claim. I can read right through that. Give me a break. And so I had this dream. And in the dream, 2018, President Trump shut down the northern border of Canada and shut down the southern border of Mexico. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a lockdown. But in the dream, it made me feel like we were being locked in, not people being locked out. And then I saw drones in numbers that I cannot tell you. It was innumerable drones. Innumerable. Military drones rising up in the sky and basically being stationed at every person's house to make sure they didn't leave. I saw it in my dream. They were shooting people because they were leaving, all this stuff. When that drone flew in New York City across the Hudson River and said, please, we're all in this together. Please stand six feet away. I said, Melanie, look at this. That's the dream. I didn't understand it. I didn't know words of lockdown. And then I realized you could not fly in or fly out. I didn't know what that meant. But March of this year, when President Trump came on there and says, we're shutting down all travel from Europe and England to America, my wife looked at me. See, when I first told my wife that, I came out of that dream in England, and I was so stewed, like stirred. Um, I, was, I was visibly shaken, okay? I had the fear coming. I know that wasn't the Lord, but it was a warning. Sometimes the warning's a good thing, even if it scares the boop, boop, boop out of you, okay? Because it's the Lord trying to get your attention so that you will know something's coming and you'll have peace to know that he told you ahead of time. Come on. That's a prophet. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I'm just saying that's where true prophecy happens is he's giving you peace so that you know it's coming. And so I was so shaken by it in 2018. I called my wife immediately and I said, I want you and Joy to get on a plane and quickly be here tomorrow. Like, we're in the middle of I said, cancel it. Get on a plane, honey, please, now and get here tomorrow. I'm here for a week. I don't want to be without you. I don't know why. So I was doing something as if it was happening now. She comes over. Of course, you know, bless my wife. She has to put up with all my crazy shenanigans. How many appreciate a good wife, right? She's amazing. She really is. Hey, happy wife, happy life. Anyway, so she gets on a plane. Joy, my, my daughter Joy and her come over quickly, get there. They look at me like I got a third eye growing out of me or something, like I'm crazy, an arm's growing out of my head or something. We didn't understand it until March of this year. And when Trump said that, my wife looked at me and I said, the dream. And she went, oh my God. And I said, okay. And do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I sat back in this pandemic. I had no fear on me whatsoever. I was totally at peace because the Lord told me two years ago it was going to happen. And he, you know what he also didn't tell me? Go tell everybody. He didn't tell me to do that. So somebody can hear me right now and say, well, he's saying that after the fact. You can believe what you want. My kids are a testimony of that. My, da my daughter, my wife, my son, we're there. They know what's going on. But I got news for you. I tuned into the Lord stronger than I ever have these last four years. And about three years ago, as a Pentecostal, I was born Catholic, raised Pentecostal, spent a lot of Bible school, or sorry, spent a lot of VBS and uh, Baptist you know, churches and stuff, so I'm like a Baptocostal with a side of Catholic. I don't know. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, that's the way I was raised. And you know what? This Pentecostal was rebuked by the Lord three years ago and said, you've cast out demons, you prophesied, you've done all in my name, but you never took me in, you never gave me water, you never gave me food, and you never visited me in prison. And when I heard the prison part, I was shaken to the very core of my being. 
And I didn't say, oh, let's fit that into our ministry and have a drop-down menu that says prison ministry. And every occasion, we'll give some literature. It was shaking me to the core. And I had to go to jail that moment. So I backed off all my schedule, and I went into, into a place. I can't give the name, but I went into a place, and I applied. And they looked at my profile and says, we usually don't take in people that are public. So, you know, I appreciate your heart and everything, but you guys are usually a flash in the pan. You come in and do a do-gooder, and then you're out. I says, you don't understand. I have to come, and if you don't accept me, I'm going to the next jail. And if they don't accept me, I'm going to the other jail. And if you don't go to this jail, I'm going to go to Polk County. And if I have to drive two hours and come to Palm Harbor, I'll go to Palm Harbor Jail, if there is one here. That's how serious the Lord mandated me. Well, the guy just saw my tenacity and says, okay, come on in. And as I went in, it was scary. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't even lead worship. I was just teaching the Bible, discipleship. Discipleship, servants, friends, family. Spirit, soul, body. And as I did that, it took me about a year and a half, and this is where I'm coming to the close here, is the last night, or the last day, I was telling people as I was preaching to them, what would happen, kind of like Pastor Rodney in 99, what would happen if ministers could no longer come into the jail? You're so blessed to have people bring the gospel to you. Please turn your lives to Jesus. Follow these classes. Follow what I'm teaching you. I prayed with so many hundreds of men that gave their life to Jesus. I prayed with so many men, and I know they gave their life all the times too, but these were some genuine article stuff, okay? Go into their cell, sitting down one-on-one. One guy's 72 years old. He's a meth addict. He was in Vietnam, shot in the leg, and he said he heard my message. He says, I've never heard the gospel preached like that before, ever in 40 years. He says, I think you're real. I think what you're saying is real. And he goes, I'm ready to give my life. So I had many of those testimonies. And this is where I'm ending, okay? The last day, I'm wiping down the whiteboard like this. And this is just before the lockdown. I'm wiping down the whiteboard, and I hear the one that danced with me on on the gazebo. Here's what I heard. This wasn't on your radar, was it? And I stopped. I stopped because I know that voice. I said, I, I, and like immediately I said, no. No, no, Father, I, I, I didn't know this was on the radar. I, I've been here a year and a half, three days a week in two different jails. Orlando, Kissimmee. Can't give you the county, but I think you'll figure it out. I said, No. I had no idea, and I heard the words that I'll never forget the rest of my life. I'm proud of you. That's it. I'm down. I'm down. I can't move. I'm overwhelmed. I can't breathe. I'm like, (sighs) the guard's like, you okay, Roy? I said, no, but yes. All right. And then I hear this. You're exactly where I want you to be in this season of your life. And you can hear my voice. I was fasting most days not trying to fast. I just wasn't hungry. I literally had experiences in the Holy Spirit that I can't even say to you because you'd think I was a crazy wacko. But I got my flesh really quiet. And I'll tell you what, the enemy ramped it up like you wouldn't believe. My mind was going nuts. But I kept shutting it down. I kept thinking of Jesus. Man will not by live by only subway alone, but by every word that <laughs> proceeds from the mouth of God. <laughs> Do 
You know what happened? All of our income went down. Of course it did. Why? They can't pay me back. They can't take up a love offering. You can't take pictures inside of a jail. You can't get a musician and get them in there and get a worship service. It's just preach the Bible, open up a Gideon's Bible, and go for it. Let the Holy Spirit do the rest. That's it. There's no good job, Roy, all this stuff, testimony. No, nothing. As soon as he said that to me, the lockdown was about to happen. And just before it happened, somebody called us up and says, we want to give you a car. So they give us a car out of nowhere. Like literally out of nowhere. Here's a car. We were able to use that car so that my daughter could learn how to drive and my son could learn how to drive. We were asking for that car from the Lord. Everything we've had, we've always asked for. We've always gotten it every single time. A month later, we write one email because we send out an email once every eight months. Not every week. We need money, we need money, we need money. No, I'm not doing that. You do your ministry the way you want to, we're gonna do it the way the Lord's leading us. I write one email. It's long as a scroll. Took me two weeks to write it. I did it by the Holy Spirit. And my, even some people in my family were like, you know, honey, that's really long. And she's right. It was long. I said, honey, if somebody's going to read this email, it's because they know who we are and they know what we do and they really want to get behind what we're doing. And I didn't do any kind of shenanigans. I just put it out there. One hour later, a lady says, I pledge $100,000. And I wrote her back, Right. And she says, I was afraid that you would think that. So send us your routing, which is not any damage because you need that for people to deposit. So I always send her the routing. The next day, she put 10 grand in. And a week later, there was 90 grand. And we took that money and we bought a sound system, spent about $50,000 on sound system, got everything to do our meeting. We did a believer's gathering like that video you saw. How many are still alive tonight? You're still tracking with me. Okay, we put that video on because that's what we also did in this Kissimmee place. And we had 120 people show up, 12 gave their lives to Christ that night, and one inmate, one out of the hundreds that I visited, came to the meeting. One. We ended up giving him the whole offering and then locked down. Say, so what's that got to do with me? Everything. We are still in the dispensation of the mercy and grace of God. Nothing has changed. In the spirit, nothing has changed. A lot of this, yeah, mass, this and that, lockdown here, business, loss of this, corona, blah, blah, blah. It's all an illusion in one way because nothing's changed from God's side. And if you're taken in by the illusion, it means the lie has overcome you. You are people by the Spirit. Would you, would you close your eyes and bow your head for just one moment? If there's ever a serious time, this would probably be it. I would love the worship team to come up now if you want to. I was going to play a different music. I'm sorry I've gone so late. I hope I have not ruined my, I hope I've not ruined my time. I just, I'm trying to, I, I love that you let me go by the Spirit because it gets everything out that the Holy Spirit's given me two hours to drive over to give. If you're here tonight, and I know you've heard this many times, but some of you, maybe you've never really truly in your heart answered this. But you're here tonight, and I'm asking you, do you fit in one of these three categories? The first one is you've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. To have a real, bona fide, genuine, authentic relationship with Him, where when you read His Word, it cuts you to the core of your heart, you experience 
all kinds of things with him and you have not done that yet. If that's you tonight, you're ready to turn your back on the world, turn your back on sin and turn your life to him, would you quickly say, Roy, would you include me in a prayer you're gonna pray? Just lift your hand up quickly if that's you. Just right now say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I see your hand, sir, thank you. I see your hand, dear lady, God bless you. Anyone else in here tonight? Thank you, I see your hand, young man. It's the best decision you've ever made in your life. I see your hand, sir, God bless you. Best decision you've ever made in your life tonight. Anyone else? I wanna give my life to Jesus. I'm done with this world. I wanna follow the kingdom. I wanna follow the Lord, the one who created this place, not the one who messed this place up. There's two gods in this world. Jesus said, the God of this world in John chapter 16 has been judged. That's what I mean by two gods. There is a God of this world. But Jesus says, I'm not of this world, I'm in this world. To be born again doesn't mean you just say a little prayer and go on with your day. To be born again, you have to be born from below and from above, which means something has to change in your thinking. It's a complete turn away from the way that you thought. Some of you have been religious all your life. You were born in church, you were raised in church, but you never actually gave your life to Christ. You might have said the prayer, but you were never born again. You just kept going with the motions. You didn't really become a true sold out Christian or born again. Or you consume the Bible with every moment of your life. If you're a true born again, I should walk into your house and I should hear scripture. I should see scriptures all over your house because you're constantly reminding yourself of the word to meditate it, eat it, drink it, sleep it, walk it, talk it. If you're not living like that, How could you say you're born again? I'm not religious. No, you're just carnal. I'm not religious. No, you're just, I'm just being real. No, you're carnal. You're a carnal Christian, lukewarm. And tonight, the second category is you're that lukewarm Christian. You used to burn with a fire inside of your heart, but the fire's gone out. You let the cares of this world take over. You're consumed by what you see with these cow eyes in your head consumed say Roy when I close my eyes all I see is dark well that's the way you were born the greatest place you were the most comfortable was the nine months in a dark place called your mother's womb there never was such peace surrounded by a body of water called amniotic fluid gosh I've never heard an altar call like this before this is intense Your trauma started the moment you were born. You were warm, surrounded, loved, cared for. Bring it down just a little bit, not too loud. I really love it, it is anointed, thank you. But it was the most peaceful place you ever were for nine months. But the moment your mother's water broke, whether you were a C-section or you were a breach or you came out the right way, natural, it doesn't matter. You instantly began crying and screaming and had, it had instant trauma. You were fine until you were born. And you screamed, ah! And your mom smiled because she heard your cry. But you were traumatized because this ball of light showed up in front of you, which was probably the doctor's headlight. Some big, gigantic human head taking you out of the womb. You don't even know what's going on. Where am I? What is going on? I can't even see straight. My eyes are dilated because I can't see everything yet. They haven't formed yet. Then they hang you upside down, and in the old days, they used to smack you on the back. Welcome to the world, kid. 
Then they shove their fingers into your mouth. Then they took a pair of scissors and cut your cord. Oh my God. Welcome to the world, kid. Welcome to earth. It was never meant to be like that. You started your life out with trauma. Then something beautiful happened. They wrapped you in a warm blanket. Put you next to your mother's breast. (laughs) Some of you say, well, not me because I was an orphan. But others remember through your mom's story. They laid her on your mom's breast and you all of a sudden calmed down. You felt perfect, 100% peace, warm, loved, cared for. She looked into your eyes. She said, all the pain I went through was all worth it for you. I'll do anything for you. I love you. Some of you didn't have a mom. Some of you were orphaned. This is why you have to be born from above and not just below. You have to be born of water. That's what Jesus said to that Pharisee that came up. He's like, hey man, how do I get in the kingdom? He goes, you can't. You have to be born from above. You're only born from below. I'm sorry, you're not gonna make it unless you turn to me. I know it's not the generic way of giving an altar call, but it's what's in my heart. Because when you're born from above, it doesn't matter if you were put on your mother's breast. It doesn't matter if you were loved when you were a kid. It doesn't matter if you were left and rejected. He loves you. And the seed that he placed into your heart, it can grow tonight. He's not done with you. He who started a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's not finished with anybody on this planet yet. I don't care if another pandemic happens. I don't care if they try to lock the place down. Good luck in Florida. It does not matter. We are people born of the Spirit. And when you leave this earth, you're not taking your body with you. You're going back to that place, but it will this time, it won't be in your mother's womb, even though that was a nice place. It's gonna be with your heavenly Father for all eternity. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. <laughs> That's heaven. But you know what's even better? We don't have to wait. We can still have heaven right here on earth, no matter what's going on around about us. We are gold going through the fire down here, folks. Let him burn some stuff out of your life tonight. That was the whole plan. And if that's you here tonight, that second category, you've become a lukewarm Christian. You're not living for him like you should. You know in your heart. He doesn't condemn you. He wants you to come, but he can't force you. He can try to persuade. He can send people your way. He can send a crazy, wild, long-haired preacher who gets kicked out of Disney for not wearing a mask who causes problems. A guy who's a conspiracy theorist, guy who's a pastor who misquotes Bugs Life movie quotes. But ladies and gentlemen, 
If you're in that second category tonight, it doesn't matter what's going on around about you. You can give your life to Jesus tonight and turn back to your Savior, and he will welcome you back with open arms because his arms have never shut. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Who can pluck you from my Father's hand? I will not leave you as an orphan, but you have Ephesians chapter 6, the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise until the eternal day of redemption. And if that's you and you're ready to turn back to the Lord, rededicate your life, would you quickly just slip up your hands here, Roy, include me in that prayer. If you already prayed the first one, don't include that, but this is the second one. I see your hand. Come on, anyone else? Roy, include me in that prayer. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus tonight, and I mean it with all my heart. No matter how many times I see your hand, God bless you, dear lady. Anyone else? Anyone else? Roy, I want to rededicate. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? I want to rededicate my life to Jesus tonight. I want to return. The third final category, you're practicing sin. You feel like God won't even accept you now. You're unworthy. Because you know what you do behind closed doors. You know what you do on your mobile phone. You know what you do behind the closed doors with the drapes drawn and the blinds down. Could be alcoholic, drug, pornography. He's not done with you yet. We still live in the days of grace and mercy. And if that's you tonight, you say, I'm ready to leave that way of thinking. I want to believe in my heart that he loves me. He does. But you got to leave sin. You can't be married to it anymore. You've let the enemy come into your soul. He's created a stronghold. Okay, let's get him out. Let's get that sucker out of here, man. Don't let that snake grow into a dragon. Don't let that serpent grow into a dragon because he's, he's like half, he's like an iguana right now in some of you. And if that's you, third category, you didn't answer the first or second category, just quickly slip up your hand right now. Say, Roy, include me in that prayer. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else tonight? Anyone else? I want everybody to stand if you would. Just stand on your feet. Go ahead, y'all. Play a little bit if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is your name. If you answer one of those three prayers, I want you to come out of your seat and come meet me right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Tonight's your night. Worthy is your name. Yeah, but if I come down there, is it really going to stick this time? Yes. Because you're making a stand. You deserve the praise. Come on. Come on in here. Come in here. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Single one of you to turn to somebody Jesus, next to you and say, You want to go up? I'll go with you. Go ahead, come on. You deserve the praise. And then you push them up and you support them behind. Is your name. Come on, if you're not right with the Lord tonight, Worthy let's make it right. Is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise. Yes, you do, Lord. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. 
everybody here right now, I want you to lift your hands high. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes on Jesus. Can I have ushers behind every person, please? If you have, to, if you have never done it, let, let them guide you, the elders here and pastor. Just We need some more people, that's all. Just ushers. Just lift your hands right now. I want you to know we're going to pray a prayer. There's nothing secret about the prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer. The secret is in the heart. See, the secret has always been in the heart. Jesus is preaching to a group of people. Isn't that interesting? He says one thing. There are people that are weeping and crying while there's other people that are mad, gnashing their teeth and angry at him. It's amazing how Jesus could say one thing and one person's mad at him and the other person is like, thank you so much for receiving me and loving me. So the secret's in the heart. So we're going to pray a prayer. One prayer fits all. But tonight, I want you to close your eyes, get your eyes off yourself and the person next to you. I want you to drop out of your head and down into your heart. Get out of your mind. Stop thinking about everything because the enemy condemns you. You know what you did. You did that. There's no way he's going to He's right there with you. Well, I'm going to shut him down tonight and so are you. He is not going to bother you anymore. Now, he may come around. Actually, he will come around. But you're going to have an answer because you can't fight the battle. That's why Jesus says, give it to me. I'll fight him. I defeated him at the cross. And together, I'm going to show you, if you'll get out of the way, let me fight it. My word will take him down in Jesus' name. All right? With every hand lifted, every eye closed. Wants to say this after me, and I want everybody in this place. You were once saved, you were once lost, and now you were found. Stretch your hands towards these people because these are you. I want every person to stand up right now. Come on, respect the Lord. Every person stand up. I want you to say this out of your mouth and from your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you tonight. Close your eyes, brother. I know that I'm a sinner, I'm in desperate need of a Savior. I can't do this on my own. You said in your word, if I would confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, died on the cross, rose again, you said if I believed in my heart, I would be saved. Tonight, I believe with all my heart that Jesus, you came in the flesh. You died on that cross for me. You rose again. And you gave me the Holy Spirit. I've been set free from my sin. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. And I give my life to you fully. Use me in this hour. Use me during this pandemic to bring others to you. Cleanse me. Wash me. Fill me. In Jesus' name. I'm saved. And I'm on my way to heaven. But before I go, I want to do whatever you want me to do. I yield to you now in Jesus' name. Lift your hands higher a little bit. Listen to me. As a servant of the Lord, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, all of your sins, no matter what you've done, I don't care if you're a Christian, I don't care if you're an unbeliever or whatever you've done, the Bible says that I have the authority and power to forgive you of your sins. So I tell you in Jesus' name, as a minister of the gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
with the authority of Jesus Christ. All of your sins are forgiven you now in Jesus' name. Now, just begin to thank him audibly. Come on, just begin to thank him audibly. Don't just clap. Lift your hands and talk audibly. Thank you, Jesus. What would have happened if I didn't come to the meeting tonight? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay my hands on you. You receive the seal of the Holy Spirit right now. I seal you right now for these last days. Seal right now. Just take it. Don't fight against it. Just receive it. I seal you right now. You're forgiven. Forgiven. You're going to be used mightily. Jesus, you're not just a standby Christian. You're not just a family man. You're not just a man who knows Jesus. You're going to be used mightily in these last days. Thank you, Lord Jesus, right now. Right, right now. Seal him right now. In the name of Jesus. Seal in Jesus' name. You are sealed in Jesus' name. Seal in Jesus' name. Seal in Jesus' name. Seal. I feel the anointing. Seal right now. Seal right now in Jesus' name. You are sealed in Jesus' name by the fire of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to worry about that stuff. them stay on the floor. Pastor Dominic, thank you for being so gracious for allowing me to move this long amount of time tonight. I did not plan this. How many are okay? We went a little long tonight. That's really for me, so I feel better. Thanks. Um, we have some CDs in the back. I'm just going to leave you with that. That would help us with whatever we're doing. You can go online and check us out. You just go to my Facebook, Roy Fields Music. You can go to our website, runwithfire.com, royfields.com, whatever you want. Those of you online, if you want to give, you can give by whatever way you want to. We didn't make it about that tonight. But tonight, we have offering envelopes. If you'd like to give a love gift, we are a 501c3. We'll give you a tax exempt, but don't give it because of that. How many feel like they truly received something by the Spirit tonight? Give into that. Don't give because we need. Sow into that, that it will be multiplied back to you. Can't put a price on the anointing. Sorry, too valuable. Amen? Pastor Dominic, thank you so much. Can we just give a clap to the Lord tonight? Seriously. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Before, before we, we we do have envelopes for for Roy. If anybody would like an envelope for Roy, there is some people. Just raise your hand if you wanted to sew. If we got some more right here, if anybody, Jesse will hand some out on this side. If anybody, and then uh, Ileana, do you mind? I know. Can you pin Roy's uh, "Run with Fire" thing in the uh, the comment? Actually, you can use my. I, I actually already have it copied the link so you just got to put it in but it might be mine so hallelujah well you know what as Roy was saying you know our flesh you know we we like quick services we like flesh likes quick things but it's so amazing that we need this so much and 
in this time. And uh, can we just once again thank Roy and his family for coming out and blessing us tonight. So phenomenal. You know, I, I like I, 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 being, going to the river for years and being a part of uh, Pastor Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's ministry and things like that. You know, I, I, I was very familiar with six-hour, seven-hour services and what has taken place in those meetings. It wasn't only what was said from the pulpit. Sometimes it had nothing to do with what was said was from the pulpit. It is when you just, when you outweigh your flesh. The Bible says that. He renews our strength, those that wait upon the Lord. He will renew your strength. So the reason that so much of the church is weak is because they can't even wait through an hour service. They can't even wait through a time. And it's, it's not about anything but just being in the presence of God. And I'm a lover of the presence of God. And wherever the presence is, is I want to be right in the middle of it. And I, sometimes things don't make sense to your natural mind. And sometimes that's when you really have to allow the Holy Spirit to tell you. You just sense his peace and sense his presence. So we're so thankful for the man of God that came tonight. Does anybody else need an envelope? And like I said, let's buy his product out there. Let's bless him. And then when you do write out the offering, if, if you want to just bring it bring it up here to these and we'll make sure we get them right to his family hallelujah hallelujah thank you worship team tonight too it was such a blessing having having amazing JT I want you to know I love you man <laughs> hallelujah And just so everybody knows, on next Tuesday, we're here every Tuesday. So, like, please, let's, we got to fill this place up with people that love Jesus. And I'm telling you, the world is only one conversation away. Only one conversation away. So join us this Saturday when we hit the streets. Next Tuesday, we're, uh, we're in a series right now, The Discipline of Delight. But next week, we are talking about the feet of Jesus. We are going to spend the whole night going through passages that talk about the feet of Jesus and the miracles that took place when people were brought to the feet of Jesus. And it's going to be amazing. So make sure you're here next Tuesday. We're going to dive in the scriptures. We love you all so much. You shouldn't run into any traffic on the way home. <laughs> there was traffic on the way over here today, but not on the way home. So we love you all. Make sure you give somebody a hug. Tell them that Jesus loves them. And if you want to even after Roy is done ministering, give him a hug. Tell him how much you appreciated him tonight. We love you. We'll see you next Tuesday.